Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain. Oh! Who wasn't a cartoon in the late 90s? Homer Simpson! Ignorant and yellow and stupid is he! Homer Simpson! If nautical nuts, it's be something you wish! Uh, okay, I think we... Yeah, we got We got the point, yeah. Welcome to Soda Speak. I'm Evan Mead. I'm Lyle Groniger. And we have a special show for you today dedicated to a 90s show that we didn't get... We didn't quite get the chance to talk about for time's sake, uh, you know, three hours of nostalgia. It's a bit of an overload, but there is one show we wanted to dedicate a special episode to, and that is SpongeBob SquarePants, which premiered in the May of 1999 at the Kids' Choice Awards, uh, and it was created by a brilliant marine biologist, the late Steven Hillenburg. And we got our uh, friend back from our 90s retrospective. Yes, we do. Hello, everyone. Welcome Hi. back, Welcome back, Cody. My name is Cody. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm back again. Cody's a filmmaker, 90s connoisseur, and he's with us today to do a deep dive into Bikini Bottom. Oh, pun intended, because, you know, the ocean. Oh, I'm ready. That's Are great. you ready? <laughs> yeah. Alright, so where did Spongebob get started? Uh, well, yeah, as you mentioned, Evan, uh, Steven Hillenberg is the creator of of Spongebob. He sadly passed away about two years ago. 2018, yeah. 2018, May yeah. he rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely. He, so in the late, in the early 90s, and he created a, uh, well actually no, before that, sorry, he worked at a, uh, he worked at this uh, and a, and a Marine Institute. Yeah, a Marine Institute. Yeah, and he was actually doing illustrations for this magazine that was there at the time. Or maybe yeah. it was like a brochure. I can't really remember mm. the, what mm. it was called. But uh, but he was like drawing like a bunch of like wacky cartoons. Like there was like... I can't really remember this, the, the actual names for it. But he did have one called Bob the Sponge. That actually <laughs> was a... Uh, it was drawn like an actual sponge under the sea uh, like was, a sea sponge a sea okay. sponge yeah yeah it wasn't the square that we would know yeah. later on but and then it's funny he made a he made a short film called wormholes mm. that's a very like abstract black and white kind of like you know uh, ethereal kind of like short film that he pre- premiered at this film festival okay and the creators of Rocco's modern life was there and saw it and was like blown away by it. He's like, this guy's talented. We need to have him involved. And he got the job on that show. And he directed a couple dozen episodes, actually, which yeah. I did yeah, not know was, about. He was yeah. part of like the first three seasons. Yeah, he was a creative consultant. Yeah. What's really interesting, a lot of the key players on Rocco's Modern Life did go on to create SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, that, was, that was the first job for a lot of people. Like it was Tom Kenny's first gig. It was Mr. Lawrence's first gig. Oh yeah, which I actually haven't seen. Rocco's Martin Life before. I, yeah, I haven't seen many episodes either. I saw the the Netflix special. Yes, Static Cling. That was a great um that that was parody funny. and uh that was a great uh like examination of fandom culture and how uh fans treat reboots and resurrections and like just the overall story of a certain property that yeah. uh gets 
you know, remade over the years just for the sake of being progressive. But yeah. uh, the progressive uh, element in that uh, special for Rocco worked really well, yeah, I nice. thought. And nice. then and then he went off and did a little solo project, which oh, would yeah. eventually become SpongeBob. He was trying to pitch it around to many different studios. And the way he pitched it as, he said, I want to make a show that's about a sea creature who's like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. So it's like Jerry Lewis. Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis, but under the sea is basically how he was pitching yeah. it. Then he was drawing a bunch of things like sponge and all that. And then he's like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if it was a a sink sponge, like an ordinary house sponge? Yeah. And then like that was the first creation of SpongeBob as we know today. Yeah, and, now, and after the end of Rock, it was Modern Life. It didn't, it didn't last particularly long. But after that was finished, a lot of the crew came back and, and worked with Hillenburg on this project. Yeah. And then it became the show we know today. Yep. Now, an interesting fact about Cody, you're talking about how, like, at one, uh, the history of SpongeBob, at one point, uh, Hillenburg's creation was called SpongeBoy Ahoy. Yes. And they had to change the name uh, to SpongeBob because uh, the name SpongeBoy was already a trademark property. So, oh. and the rest is history. But uh, what I was just reading through fun facts is that. Uh, Bikini Bottom is named after a real reef uh, in the uh, I think in the Pacific Ocean uh, called Bikini Atolli. I believe the name is. Uh, let's uh, uh, we'll, we'll fact check that. But yeah, but it's named after the Bikini Atolli Reef, uh, if my memory serves me. Okay. And uh, that's where the origin Bikini Bottom uh, for the name Bikini Bottom came up. And fun fact, uh, he came up with that name while he was driving in his car. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the premise of SpongeBob? People are probably wondering. Well, unless you've been living under a rock like, like Patrick, Patrick Star, like Patrick. <laughs> uh, describe like what's the general premise of this cartoon. The general premise of SpongeBob is he's a he lives in a pineapple under the sea. You as don't, per... you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he lives um, in a rather deserted neighborhood. His two neighbors are. Uh, uh, his Patrick, best friend Patrick, Patrick Starr and his uh, other neighbor, his coworker Squidward Tentacles, and uh, Patrick lives under a rock, and Squidward lives in an Easter Island tiki head. Mm-hmm. And uh, the show is about SpongeBob living in the underwater town of Bikini Bottom, where he goes on like daily adventures, get into gets into some shenanigans, and he works a full time job as a fry cook at the under the sea restaurant, the Krusty Krab. Now, uh, Cody, you were telling us earlier that you grew up in a coastal town in Canada, like, um, or you, or at least you've been there. Oh, but... no, like, well, I didn't grow up there. Like, I have a lot of family that lives out east in oh, yeah, Nova Scotia. Too. Like, I've grown up a, around a lot of, like, you know, that, that fisherman kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, this kind of ties into why I love the show so much is that there's, it's just that kind of lifestyle and culture that I love. Like, I love the water. I, I love that there's, like, a... There's, um, I have kind of this spiritual kind of energy symmetry between water. It's kind of deep that I have, but it's, yeah, like, it's no, just, it's very, I can re- ther- I can it's very to you, man. therapeutic to kind of just stare out at the sea sometimes, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and then, yeah, like watching things like little things that they, they're not so, uh, they're not so specific of in the show, like little things that you pick up on if you grew up under that lifestyle. Like I was a kid going, Oh my God, the Krusty Krab restaurant 
is a lobster trap. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Like, I knew what it was right away. I know? like the like, way they incorporate ocean life and try to make it anthropomorphic. Like, yeah. I like how jellyfish in this world are, like, kind of like a mix between butterflies and bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, like, uh... uh... Something I didn't initially know was that Bikini Bottom is made up of a lot of metallic, uh, what looks like, uh, the mufflers from... Earth, earth trucks. Yeah, it's just a lot of garbage. And the reason yeah. why it's designed that way is because they wanted to give a very subtle environmental message about ocean pollution and ocean toxicity. So wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, uh, but when you see something like Finding Nemo, uh, where it's the the Great Barrier Reef is just impeccably designed. Yes, that's one side of the ocean that we should cherish and respect. But you got SpongeBob, where he's living in like. Uh, metallic he's walking in between metallic buildings that are basically just car parts and yeah. and boat parts so who is spongebob now spongebob squarepants uh he is an anthropomorphic sea sponge who is designed in the shape of a kitchen but his parents and his grandmother which do make appearances in some episodes his parents are designed more so like real sea sponge like how a real sea sponge would be designed or how a real sponge sea sponge would look mm -hmm. under the ocean SpongeBob, like you said earlier, um, he Jerry Lewis uh, as a cartoon character. Uh, SpongeBob, Jerry Lewis was definitely one of SpongeBob's uh, influence uh, inspirations, and uh, Charlie Chaplin was also in there. Uh, you can kind of tell. Uh, yeah. Also, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. He's kind of a mix of Jerry Lewis, Pee Wee Herman, and Charlie Chaplin, like yeah. as, as a character. Um, he's I can definitely see Pee Wee Herman. He's yeah. very. Um, he's very uh, childlike. Yeah, he's very he's very optimistic. He's very uh, delightfully oblivious and naive. Yeah, yes. but uh, he and he but he's got a flair of brilliance to him. His attention to detail is absolutely impeccable. Which uh, I've often wondered when I talk about you know the way mental health plays into the show. Like I've often wondered like if he's got some traits of autism, but we'll get into that uh, a bit later because of how detailed he is with his job and how organized he can be. I kind of look at it as he is an adult because he has a home, he has a job, but he ha he's always held on to that sort of childhood innocence Yeah, that like that keeps him kind of positive, even about the, the things in life that we would normally in real life yeah. kind of be like miserable miserable about or yeah. i.e. Squidward <laughs> yeah. uh, because I, I, I kind of invented this kind of like saying just based on the premise of the show uh, that you gotta flip a couple of Krabby Patties before you go out and jellyfish yeah and you know, and, and it's kind of stuck with me with that where he is just positive he's saying I'm ready he's positive go, going to flip burgers at a fast food joint yeah it's like kids be like that you know yeah. growing up don't be like our next character squidward Squid tentacles squidward tentacles <laughs> now uh oh by the way uh we forgot to mention uh St spongebob his voice actor is the great tom kenny who has yeah. done tons of yeah. voiceover work over the years just an extremely cha talented gentleman and i'd say this is his best known role oh absolutely. Prob probably yeah, probably yeah. Yeah. The longest running now too. squidward tentacles is voiced by roger bumpus who also had a part on invader zim and he's, in, he's done a lot of stuff too. Yeah, yeah. All these voice actors are incredibly talented. I'll always remember him in Heavy Metal as uh, the guy who like takes an orb and grows massive and destroys a space station. Oh, yeah! <laughs> that movie is a trip show, kids. Heavy Metal. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
check it out, you know, when you're older. <laughs> when you're older. But, but Squidward Tentacles Squidward. is, yeah, like we said, his next-door neighbor, he's his co-worker, Spongebob's co-worker, and he is just the most miserable person who lives under the... the yeah. He's very, <laughs> he's very narcissistic. Narci- narcissistic. Narcissistic. Uh, just negative about everything and what's a key trait about him is that just deep down inside there's some love for Spongebob there really is or some that like I said childhood innocence that wants to break free but he's just he's always blaming the whole world on all of his problems and He's my favorite character. I, I will I, say that. I, I say this. <laughs> That's like when, you're, when you're younger, you love Spongebob. When as you get older and you kind of notice how the world works, mm-hmm. you kind of become more like a Squidward. Oh, no. I Even as me, I lo- I've i always loved Squidward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just something about, like, because he's almost like another, like, he's almost like the main character itself sometimes. There's, yeah. like, Squidward-centered episodes There's that are just around that, him. Yeah. yeah. And it's... It's really just uh, the the antics and the misery that he goes through. Yeah, just makes me laugh. It's almost like it's karma. Yeah, most of the time, mm-hmm. where it's like because of who he is, everything comes around and bites him in the ass in the end. Yeah. So I I just love that kind of archetype with his character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now Squidward is a uh, octopus. He's not a squid. Uh, I just want to clear that up. But what's interesting is. He's an octopus, but he's not really an octopus because octopuses have eight limbs, and Squidward only has six limbs. Yeah. Um, well, how about we just call him a cuttlefish, and, call <laughs> a cuttlefish <laughs> and we'll call it a day? Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same thing. Um. So the yeah. So Squidward. Uh, a lot of what Cody said, like he's like the cynic of the show, and his hobbies include uh, painting, uh, sculpting, uh, playing his clarinet. Yes, playing his clarinet he's, is probably his number one. He's trait. he's <laughs> he's like a how old? Okay, so how old do you think SpongeBob is? Because we had this conversation like before we started uh, recording. How old do you think SpongeBob is? Uh, it's actually kind of tough to say, but. Uh, Hillenberg himself, the creator, has confirmed in an interview that SpongeBob, his age is kind of like up in the air, but he's old enough to be on his own, but still like young enough to be working a job, like an entry level job, and going to driving school, or in this case, boating school. So I would, I would say about like late, he's probably a tween, like yeah, SpongeBob, all tween. early twenties. I would early, say even even early twenties, tops early twenties, but then Squidward. You definitely get the vibes that late thirties, early forties. Oh, he's middle aged. He, he looks pretty old. Very yeah. middle aged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's just his attitude that makes him look old. Would it be funny if like Squidward is like two years older than SpongeBob, but his pessimism has just aged himself horribly? <laughs> uh, that <laughs> that makes happen. sense. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy theories about SpongeBob, which we'll get into like Do later. But... Yeah. Uh, one so, thing I always liked about Squidward is that he's totally unaware of how like mediocre he is. Oh yeah, absolutely. or so how subpar he is. Or, He's so yeah. passionate in what he does, but he doesn't realize that it's mostly ego that's driving mm-hmm. him to do this. And what's super not... cool is all these characters, in some form or another, are deeply relatable. Like that—that's one of the brilliant, like, psychological episodes. We always we know the overly optimistic person who just ha- the world is their is their clam, literally. Yeah. Or oyster, and literally, uh, we know the cynic who is. He, well, but Squidward, you think that for a cynic, he, what's so brilliant about Squidward is you think that for a cynic, he would be really down on himself, but he actually, his narcissism kind of compensates he, he for him. He looks at himself, like, as superior to everyone else yeah. around him. 
Uh, and then there's some characters who are just blissfully unaware, and they go by their go day by day, and, and not then think about anything. That's a perfect segue into our next character, SpongeBob's best friend in the whole world, Patrick Star. I thought his name was Krusty Krab. Oh uh, no! This is Patrick. Not Krusty Krab. <laughs> First paste! Uh, Patrick. Patrick Starr is the definition of an idiot. Yeah. Like, he is, like, he's Spongebob's best friend who, it's funny, I was, when I was kind of rewatching some of the earlier uh, episodes, like in season one, there's some smarts with him sometimes, like, ironically. Yeah, it's kind of like a Homer Simpson thing where it's like he'll accidentally say something intelligent. It's like a wild card of intelligence, yeah. But he's mainly known of just being an absolute idiot. And what's so beautiful about the dynamic between SpongeBob and Patrick is that SpongeBob never looks down on him. No. Because he is... uh, Patrick is just lazy... Unproductive. Uh, un, 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 uh, unproductive, I, I unemployed. I don't think he works, yeah. never looks down on him. Well, there is one episode where uh, Patrick does go to work and they have a fight about it. Ooh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. <laughs> overtime! <laughs> but we're going to get to get that in the, yeah. when we talk about the episodes. Yeah, no, Patrick is definitely like surprisingly smart at some times. Yeah. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> Who's SpongeBob's other friend? Uh, SpongeBob's uh, the the other close friend that SpongeBob has is Sandy Cheeks, the character you pervert. Uh, <laughs> Sandy I, I, Cheeks. I didn't crack any jokes at Bikini Bottom. I didn't crack any jokes at Sandy Cheeks. Nah. <laughs> okay, so Sandy Cheeks. Okay, so Sandy Cheeks is a land squirrel uh, who is a scientist at heart she's living under the ocean in bikini bottom to study aquatic life she walks around uh spongebob's environment as a land squirrel in a in a space suit it's a submarine it's a diving suit yeah it's a diving suit mixed with a nasa space suit but she's uh uh she's deeply uh, patriotic. Uh, that's one of uh, you're never quite sure where any of these characters are from geographically, but for some reason, Sandy is from Texas. They talk a lot about how she's from Texas. Well, Her funny. accent shines through. It's funny because Texas is a very dry state. Like, there's no lakes or anything there, so yeah. having yeah. a dry land like character like that in the middle of the ocean is funny. So, quite honestly, uh, she's the polar opposite of everything around her, and. She just loves it. Like, she's not a miserable character. She likes to have fun. Uh, she likes to get into the world of her sea critter she, friends. She's incredibly competitive, too. Oh, yes, she is. She, she yeah. and SpongeBob, like, always try to go head-to-head all the time, whether yeah. it's karate or racing or anything. Yeah. And it goes deeper with that as well, where uh, her character kind of represents that kind of foreign friend that we all would have. Where, yeah. Like, they're, like, they're, they're from either overseas or somewhere else. And like SpongeBob always embraces her for yeah. the, difference, the differences that she has. It's like, and that's kind of like, 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 Hey kids do that as well. Like if someone's yeah. from somewhere else, like respect it, love it, learn, yeah. learn from it, embrace it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like if you have a friend who's like uh, small minded, but you know, still is there for you, like never look down on them, treat them with respect. And, yeah. Yeah. Sandy is the new kid in town. Like make the new kid feel she, welcome, no matter how <laughs> foreign like, she water. is. Yeah, cool. she's the squirrel, squirrel in. You she's remember that episode where they like uh, they do dares and like dare? Um, yes. Uh, SpongeBob, Patrick, Squidward, and Mr. Krabs to go up on, on land. 
Oh, yes. And they actually like it. It's like, oh, I could build a new rock up here. Yeah. And they get attacked by seagulls. Which is ironic like because starfish can live on both uh, sea I and I think most land. of them can, except oct- an octopus. An octopus doesn't last long outside of water. Yeah. It, hmm. Like, it'll survive, but it has to be in water very quickly. Yeah. Oh, and uh, there's a... There, the One of the... Fir- the first episode literally deals with how SpongeBob and his friends react to an air-based environment where... The first episode, the the first episode is where Sandy is introduced, and she lives in her tree dome, which is literally a glass dome with a like a, a habitat that Sandy can survive in. She's an air breather, so she she lives in this tree dome. And SpongeBob comes to visit her because he made a new friend. He wants to impress her, and it's also there's also a brilliant uh, metaphor in this episode for a first date where like you know the girl you like the new girl yeah. you want to impress her, but. You just can't, like, because she's out of your world and you can't get into hers. I, I, thought, I thought the first episode was Help Wanted. Uh, the, the, uh, something we gotta clarify about the episodes. The episodes are all very similar to Arthur. They are 11 minutes a pop. It's a 22-minute show, in, mm. including commercials. And each episode, the, there's one cartoon that's 11 minutes and then another cartoon that's 11 minutes. Okay. So Actually, the uh, fun fact, actually, it, it, it is... Technically, it is Help Wanted. That was technically the pilot that they pitched to uh, Nickelodeon. Okay. Which, first of all, for a pilot episode, they I, knocked it out of the park. I rewatched yeah. it. Like, yeah, it's like classic SpongeBob. Like yeah. they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, with the premise with the, about him just trying to get the job at the Krusty Krab and, and then saving the, them at the end from all those uh, anchovies that are all just yeah, like hungry. Eight, 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 eight. And then but there's there's a lot of the uh, Tiny Tim song. The funny thing yeah. is, is that if you have the DVDs of seasons. Like the individuals of one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, Help Wanted isn't in season one for some reason, but it's in a special feature in season three. What? It's That's very strange that I noticed. That's so weird. I don't know what that was about because technically, if I because I remember when it was it it would air on TV sometimes it would go Help Wanted, and then. A very small individual short called Reef Blower. That's like a silent uh, short. Oh, yeah, because yeah, like Help Wanted's a very brief yeah. episode. And then it would be Tea at the Tree Dome, the one that Evan okay. was talking yeah. about. So oh. technically, the structure is three episodes, and that's the only time it's ever happened like that. With just that little one in between. Yeah. Okay, that makes but, sense. But but uh. Yeah. Occasionally they yeah. will make like Arthur and just make one half hour episode. There's a, yeah, the thing about the the Help Wanted episode is like I didn't watch it before I watched the SpongeBob movie. And there's so many, like, illusions in the Spongebob movie, the first episode, like, the I'm ready, and the way he gets up in the morning. Yeah. yeah like, that's all taken straight. And then when Sp- Patrick s- sits out of the rock, it's just, like, in the first episode. Yeah. Alright, so now let's talk about two characters at the same time, actually. Let's kind of shuffle it around a bit. Okay. It's, uh, where Spongebob kind of looks at these two as, like, the the, the real world, the adults of the world. Uh, and they're yes. And their rivalry between them and their fast food joints. Oh, yes. Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs and Plankton. Yes. Now, Plankton. Uh, just a com- just a comment very briefly on Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs is my mother's favorite character. I- Squidward and Mr. Krabs are my mother's favorite character. <laughs> Mr. Krabs is a um, he he runs the Krusty Krab restaurant. Um, he is the sole protector and sole owner of the Krabby Patty secret formula, and I'm bringing that up because it, that's how it plan- it plays into the dynamic with Plankton. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Krabs, you, 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 how do I sum up Mr. Krabs? You can sum up in one he, quote. He's fucking Hello, I like money. He's fucking greedy. Yeah, he's there's like, nothing on earth. Cheap. 
There's nothing on earth like the feeling of greed. <laughs> and he's voiced by uh, Clancy Brown. Who oh I think yes. Out of everyone in the cast, is probably has probably has the most prolific career. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah he was Clancy he Brown. was even in Shawshank Redemption. He yeah. was. And a uh, fun fact about uh, Shawshank: the air raid siren that is used at Shawshank Prison. The same exact sound effect is used for an air raid siren at the Krusty Krab whenever there's like an emergency situation and the restaurant has to lock down. Oh, no, wow. like he probably uh, isn't that great. How like Clancy just put an award with Frank Darabont. It's like, hey, hey, uh, I'm in this uh, cartoon where it's just nautical nonsense. Can I use that uh, prison well, sound? Well, Shawshank was '94. SpongeBob didn't come out till like. Well, it, it takes a long-ass yeah. time to develop a cartoon, so this is right around the time that Steven Hillenburg would have been, like, drawing, like, what well, would be Spongebob. Another thing, and we'll move on. I just yeah. wanted to point out one thing. Uh, there's actually early recordings of, from 1996, of, like, just uh, kind of test, uh, like, voice testing and, and all that, of oh, certain wow. characters trying okay. to get the characters right. So it was Tom Kenny playing Spongebob, and it was actually Steven Hillenburg playing Squidward. Oh, and yeah? it's like Steven Hilbert just it, it sounded like all he was doing was just plugging his nose and just talking. Bah, bah. I mean that's yeah. basically Squidward. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was cool. Yeah. Just for the record, I think Squidward has one of the most annoying laughs of any cartoon. His nose it's like you're squeezing it every yeah, time he's laughing. Undulates as he laughs. <laughs> I, I honestly if if Roger Bumpus is just squeezing his nose whenever he laughs, be, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And Tom Kenny has a very similar like vocal trick where he like tickles his uh, yeah. Adam's apple. Yeah, he, makes a, he he described it as you make a sound that sounds like a dolphin, or you're letting the air out of a balloon, which is, but then you put your hand right on your Adam's apple and start just moving it up and down, and you, suddenly you have, yeah, it's so cool. Uh, That's funny. But it's yeah. a very cool technique, actually, to make so, a laugh. Yeah. That iconic. Anyways, so Mr. Mister Krabs, he's just greedy, and the extent to which he is greedy is quite disturbing, actually. like yeah. It gets pretty bad. In when we episodes. talk about the episodes, we'll yes. get into how greedy Mr. Krabs can really be. We'll get into one of our favorite lines. Is there any other dynamic with Mr. Krabs other than his need for money? Uh, he... He's a he's a hard worker. Like he will drive in his mind. Like one of the, the one quote I'll never forget uh, was, "Come on, time is money. And if you boys is wasting time, then you is wasting money. And that's just sick." So he he like works his employer his employees like into the ground uh, to the point where he will actually charge them for breathing. Yeah, <laughs> that's how greedy this this guy is. And his arch business rival is a megalomaniac who works across the street at a restaurant called the Chum Bucket, and his name is Plankton. Voiced by Mr. Lawrence, boys Voiced and girls. By Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence is actually a writer on the show. He is. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he directs too. Uh, fun fact: uh, Do you know what Mr. Lawrence's first name is? What? Doug. He, Doug he, he rarely ever goes by his first name. I mean, it catches my eye. There's not too many people who just go by Mr. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say his name was Larry or something. That would, I mean, he also what? voices Larry, which he yeah, he Oh, yeah, are. he does voice Larry the cra- the yeah. lobster. Yeah. I said crab, it's a lobster. <laughs> um, well, he, well, that's funny. There's three, like, side-side characters that I look at in the show, which yeah. is uh, Larry. Yeah. Uh, who's, like, this, like... He's a bodybuilder. He, he's a bodybuilder. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a lifeguard. He's a... Yeah, he loves his body. puts a lot of pride into it. There's kind of like this, lift some weights. There's kind of like a 
uh, a jealousy, an ego complex, an ego complex, and a very like you know yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and he's not a bad guy though. Then there's uh, Mr. Krabs' uh, daughter Pearl, oh, yeah. who's a whale. We could talk about Pearl briefly <laughs> because it's so funny because when you say like his daughter is a whale, that's you probably think... that's probably one of the most insulting things a father could ever say about their daughter. So I think <laughs> that's even funnier. Growing yeah. up knowing like that's. That was what they were yeah, depending on it being. The innuendo, <laughs> the innuendos in this show and the symbolism My is... My a whale! It's <laughs> just hilarious. My dad! And the Jimmy third starts. character is uh, Mrs. Mrs. Puff. Mrs. Mrs. Puff. Mrs. Puff. Now, Who we is... didn't talk much about Plankton. We, 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 we kind uh, of get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about Puff and then we'll get into Plankton because those are small characters. Yeah. yeah, so Mrs. Puff is SpongeBob's boating school instructor. Now, she runs a, a driving school for undersea folk and... SpongeBob is the student from hell to the point where she gives Mrs. P- he gives Mrs. Puff psychological episodes. I am not <laughs> kidding around about that. Where she's happier to be in jail rather than teaching SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, wait, okay. no more SpongeBob. Okay, um, so Mrs. If you t- if you look at the mental health dynamic, I once uh, <laughs> joked about oh how I was once I once had a th- at once uh, when I was just leaving high school, I came up with a theory that every single that a lot of the core characters in SpongeBob are allegories for mental disorders. Like SpongeBob uh, could easily represent either ADHD or Asperger syndrome. Patrick is uh, mental retardation. Uh, Unless you can think of anything else. Uh, Squidward is depression. Mr. Krabs would be OCD with his obsession for money. Plankton is megalomania. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Puff would be anxiety. What would Sandy fall into? Sandy, uh, I, I can't... I don't think, like, being extreme... Uh, patri- patriotism or... I think... Maybe borderline personality disorder. I, I could see borderline personality disorder. Well, because yeah, because Sandy can. One thing we did, we forgot to mention about Sandy when we described her Maybe character is that bipolar disorder. She, yeah, a bipolar more. Actually, she can flip on a dime. I know more about. I know slightly more about bipolar than I do about borderline personality disorder. Okay. So uh, I know that SpongeBob, uh, when SpongeBob and Sandy are together. Like as friends, they she can her mood can change on a dime from really overly happy to impatient to angry in the fraction of, in a fraction of a second. Yeah, she's very unpredictable. Yeah. Anyways, um, and Mrs. We, Puff on, on the note of Mrs. Puff, Mrs. Puff would recommend would be a severe anxiety. Now, Mrs. Puff is one of the after Squidward, she's probably the most depressing character on the whole show because there is one episode where she comes into class. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I'm late, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just was at, I was at a stoplight and, uh, I had the whole, uh, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life conversation rear its ugly head. And, and then they just don't give a shit. Like when they look at her, like, so Mrs. <laughs> now Mrs. Puff, oh she, there, I they, forgot about that line. I remember that. There, there is a, there is a, ch- you just, Mrs. Puff is a sympathetic character. Uh, but when the show was in its heyday, you do like, there is a sense of charm to her. Like she, no, she's very, she's very maternal. Like I, I like, I like the sound of her voice too. Yeah. It's very, it's that teacher that, you know, you can still respect, but you also know that she is paid to like you and to look out for you. But one of the comp it's even in the show's heyday, it is kind of obvious that uh, she does not like SpongeBob, and when the show actually hits the decline, it gets way, way darker. Like Spon- uh, there's an episode where she loses, where she actually shrivels up into because she's a pufferfish, and pufferfish, if they're agitated, they will 
blow up, like, well, uh, they'll expand they their bodies. Their defense mechanism. And yeah. there's one episode in the show's decline where Mrs. Puff shrivels up into nothing and her anxiety is just so bad she can't puff up anymore. And, it, <laughs> and there is also, there's also another episode where she flat out tries to murder SpongeBob. Like, that's the degree to which this character was taken. But we'll get into that in the decline of the show. Yeah. yeah. So, Mrs. Moving back to no, our megalomaniac. Yeah, so not much more to say about Mrs. Puff. She, she not so secretly despises spongebob she's super anxious but she runs a boating school and she's his instructor and he's yeah, the student sweet. from hell yeah, that's mr that's mrs puff and back to plankton plankton the nemesis of mr krabs um yeah he d- his only goal really <laughs> is to get the secret formula because i think that's like his idea of what will make his restaurant better the secret formula to the crabby patty, patty which is like the the big mac of the crusty crab i'd laugh yeah it's just like that was an island dressing or something yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah but um but he has a wife who's oh, a computer yeah. he's married to a computer he yeah. named karen <laughs> uh, okay karen, karen. <laughs> and she literally speaks to the manager of the chum bucket every fucking day yeah. <laughs> she's married to the manager of the chum bucket <laughs> oh man i wonder if that's where that originated uh i'd like to speak to the manager of the chum bucket <laughs> yes <laughs> Now, you know, yes. f- uh, another fun fact, uh, the voice actress who voices Karen, uh, the computer wife, is Tom Kenny's wife in real life. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, I like her voice. Uh, I think it's Jill, Ta- Jill Talley, or Jill Talley, I gotta oh. look this up, but, um, it's, I think, Jill Talley, so let me just confirm this. But yeah, keep talking about, uh, Plankton. Mm-hmm. Well, Plankton, I just find the whole uh, irony behind his character, just the one of the most like it's like a wild card of of funny yeah. sometimes in the yeah. show where it's just, it has like that pinky in the brain kind of mentality where he's like an evil genius so small but like there's just something so like i mean it's very classic like looney tunes like yeah Runner, like where he's he has a motivation he has a plan he's evil but then like just it, everything goes wrong it falls for him. apart yeah, but it all goes he wrong. uh keeps uh buy shitty products from Acme and they never work so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a there's very much a Wiley e. Coyote road well, absolutely I do like the or episodes. a Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck dynamic yes, yes but I do like the episodes where like Plankton isn't really like the antagonistic force he's just hanging out with the characters like the Band Geeks episode yeah I love the yeah, part yeah, yeah. I love the part where he's trying to play a harmonica but he's so tiny that it takes so much out of him <laughs> he's yeah. trying to run to like each part of the <laughs> <laughs> Do instruments of torture count? Well, that kind of leads nah. us into, like, now let's kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the show, which is uh, just our favorite episodes or our favorite Fa- quotes. Or just things noteworthy that, like, episodes. Noteworthy episodes. Now, yes. now, before we get into it, let's just try to, like, give people some context that when it comes to logic... This show just doesn't give a crap about course, that word. It's a cartoon. <laughs> Never. No, but especially this show. Yeah. <laughs> when you really think about it, like, f- there's fire underwater sometimes yeah there's there's uh i mean for they're they're like you said before the boating school their their cars are boats motorized boats i I have a question you Mm -hmm. know i was talking about this yesterday with evan but like you know in the background there's always like those like sunny flowers yeah yeah what the hell is that uh uh it's just pretty backdrops yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like in the ocean like what is it like it's probably like algae or, algae or an algae collection yeah um, like, it looks like a leg just got dropped in the ocean well so to talk about the note where the episodes are there is one thing we'd like to stress uh, like all great animated epics this show is still running today that's not the great part about it but it's heyday <laughs> no. 
it, it, it came on the air in nineteen in the summer of nineteen ninety nine, and it's still running. So it's it's on its twenty first uh, year. I can't believe that. And twenty one seasons. Um, the only other shows I can think of that are running nearly as long are The Simpsons, which is at thirty seasons, and Arthur, which is in its twenty third well, season. Oh yeah, and like Family Guy and South Park. Right. Yeah, I was shocked too. that Family. I was like, "Whoa, Family Guy's been on for that long." Well, f- yeah. to be uh, fair, it got fa- Family Guy times. did get canceled and then True. resurrected. So True, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, the episodes we're mainly going to be talking about our favorites exist in the Golden Age, which spanned from nineteen ninety nine to uh, the winter of two thousand four, when the SpongeBob SquarePants movie premiered. So the first three seasons. The first yeah. three seasons, yes. So uh, like we we we're old school fans of this show. Yeah. <laughs> so like the like when Steven Hillenberg was on the sh- on the show with his like original staff, like that was the first three seasons, yeah. and including the movie, and then after that, seasons four plus. But even though they kind of came back for a couple episodes later, later on, yeah, and also for the sequel that came out in two thousand and two thousand fifteen, yeah, they, they kind of came back too for that. Yeah. Um, we're we kind of look at it as like that's not only the golden age but it really shows because even i don't know if you guys felt this but even as a kid trying to watch that first episode of season four or just i don't even know if it was the first episode but just trying to watch season four yeah something felt off yeah we'll get to that yeah. like when we get to that but the point is uh so cody what uh, is your favorite episode like for, of this era or from the whole show because you, we didn't i i tuned out after the movie pretty much oh I, me too yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. sure uh, we all did yeah after yeah. 2000 yeah. after 2000 uh, there were a couple episodes that i did watch and enjoyed to a degree but after 2006 uh i was done done yeah. after or yeah. after 2005 i was done but yeah so I, we fo- I followed it for the first three in a bit seasons, but what's your favorite uh, episode from your sp- my, experience with SpongeBob? My all-time favorite episode is, uh, it's kind of interesting, because I know we, we talked about this before in, our, in the last podcast, about certain cartoons where there's two categories, either ones that kind of hit you on a, an emotional level, or ones that you just flat out thought it was entertaining and hilarious, yeah. right? Yeah. Now... The majority of my favorite episodes of SpongeBob lean way heavily into the entertaining, funny episodes because that's what uh-huh. this show is. Yeah, right? that was its strength. But there was one episode that hit me on an emotional level. In a, I hate I almost I sound so exaggerated when I say say this, but like it actually hit me in a very profound way at a time in my yeah. life. And it's the episode Ripped Pants. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, a classic. That's a very good classic. So Ripped Pants is the premise. Of, I'll just kind of quickly go over it it's just basically about spongebob trying to impress sandy on the beach and then he gets kind of jealous that like larry's starting to steal his thunder a bit showing off and then when he's trying to lift weights to show off he accidentally rips his pants yeah (laughs) which is also a very clever thing because like adults are like okay it's a kid show clearly he didn't shit his pants he ripped his pants yeah so everyone finds it the most hilarious thing ever, and he's getting, he's getting all the attention, and he does it, like, a few more times, and everyone still finds it funny. Then you slowly start to see people around him start to go, okay, it's Well, he's not, taking it too far. It's, yeah. yeah, it's okay, it's a bit much, a little too far. And then he completely crosses the line at the end that mm-hmm. actually upsets Sandy as well, and everybody, where he fakes his own death yeah. trying to rip, a pant, rip his pants. Yeah. And uh, he ends up being kind of alone and rejected. Then he finds that pe- there's some people out there that felt the same way, that they're kind of losers and outcasts. And then he learns, basically the, the, the moral of the, the episode is that 
just be yourself and you'll find friends, right? Yeah. Now, this episode came out around the time that I was in, I had to have been maybe in like grade three or four, I would say. Oh, yeah. And I was that kid. Yeah. I was that kid in the playground trying to make friends as as in the most desperate ways possible mm. just for a laugh just for yeah. attention just for all that mm. and there were times where like i wasn't even noticing that people would just kind of drift away yeah because they probably thought it was so freaking annoying and it was just mm. too much for them so when i saw that episode usually cartoons are just like at that point was just sort of a distraction yeah right like oh funny da, da, da. that episode when i watched it i was like wow that's me yeah and i kind of just changed myself a bit and was sort of like okay just be cool and be yourself, and then friend, you'll find friends. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. Since I had just applied that onto my life, because I never yeah. really talked about people with that, or I, no one noticed that about myself, like parents or no one noticed that about yeah. me just kind of being a show-off. When I just applied that simple logic just to ease things down, be myself, don't yeah. try to overly impress, not only did I feel better about myself, but I definitely got more friends yeah on board in my life so which is exactly what happens to spongebob in the episode yeah yeah so the fact that that i i call that one my favorite it's not the funniest episode by any means but it's definitely one that is like just hit me right in the right in the heart oh it's very memorable yeah Yeah. that's a good pick what's yours what's yours evan my favorite uh is what a lot of people describe as the magnum opus of spongebob um my favorite episode is uh would have to be band geeks band geeks now band geeks uh to give you the the concept of band geeks because we talked about how squidward oh just before i forget uh tom kenny's wife is jill talley and she did uh voice karen the computer wife okay Okay. so moving on to band geeks band geeks is an episode where squidward is going about like his you know narcissistic artist life who isn't as great as he thinks and he gets a phone call an obnoxious ass phone call from his high school rival squilliam fancy son another octopi uh guy who looks it's basically Picture Squid, Squidward, but a more annoying voice, a unibrow, and he wears a fancy bathroom because he's, like, filthy rich. So Squilliam Fancy Son calls Squidward up and asks him, how's life? And it's, it's that, like, stuck-up asshole from high school who calls you to rub it in your face uh, every now and again. But uh, it's like, uh, you, you both have seen Clerks too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, remember when uh, Jason Lee... Uh, the pickle fucker comes in and taunts them it's basically that but this uh instead of um he basically says my band is going to play the bubble bowl next week but i'm busy and i can't make it so maybe your band could cover for us oh that's right you don't even have a band and then squidward just to shut this guy up says i do have a band and we are going to play the bubble bowl and then as soon as he hangs up the phone he has to pull a band right out of his ass uh and he does so by taking all the key characters who have speaking roles in spongebob and dragging them to an abandoned warehouse for band practice every night of the week for a week and the it's really cool because you get to see these characters like function as a unit and it's one of the few times in the show's history where they do that and you basically get to... It's it's funny because Squidward has to take people who aren't musically inclined at all, and it also features one of the funniest lines in the whole show that did become a meme later on. Is mayonnaise an instrument? No, Patrick. Mayonnaise is not an instrument. <laughs> Horseradish isn't an instrument either. <laughs> uh, 
Cody, didn't you weren't you telling us about like a guy who actually what's it? I can't. Remember, one of you told me about this guy who took like mayonnaise jars and turned yes. them into instruments. Yeah. There's a video on YouTube of a guy that uh, took a jar of mayonnaise and like kind of shook it up to make like that plop sound. Yeah. And like tapped it on on the tapped on the jar like percussion. Yeah. And just made a whole bunch of things and put it into Pro Tools and just made like a, a yeah. beat with mayonnaise. So he did yeah. prove technically. Mayonnaise can be an instrument. So it was kind of <laughs> That's so great. That's great. <laughs> so back to the episode, the the band actually does make some progress, despite the fact that there's so like so few of them are musically inclined. And then uh, they straight up steal a joke from Arthur about playing loud. But th- this is a rare instance where they steal a joke and they make it funnier. Like the joke, because Arthur did this, like you know, let's start the show off with a bang and then they just do a boom but the squidward uh says uh people talk loud when they want to act smart right and then plank is like correct (laughs) then um so if we play loud everyone will think we're good and a one and a two and a one two three four (laughs) it cuts to a wide shot outside exterior all the windows yeah yeah um and then Squidward's like, okay, new theory. Maybe we should play so quietly, no one can hear us. His face is, like, smeared. Yeah, like, yeah. a gate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but then a fight erupts, and then, like, then they the fight erupts, and then once class is over, they all head home. And then Squidward is, like, tearfully, like, saying, thanks a lot, guys. Like, I had a dream. You crushed it. Thanks for nothing. He literally says thanks for nothing and walks away in despair. Yeah. So once the, the the band realizes the error of their ways, uh, SpongeBob um, gets them together and says, you know what, let's do this for Squidward because he brought us together and we let him down. So the next day, Squidward goes to the entrance of the bubble bowl where uh, Squilliam actually shows up. I thought the fucker said he wasn't available, but well, it's a fucking cartoon. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. And uh, he wanted to watch the the tragedy happen. Yeah, he did. And he wanted to watch the fireworks. Even though he's the fucker said he was busy, he shows up to watch Squidward fail. Now, but wait, wait, sorry to interrupt. I yeah, have to go- mention this just so people get some context. Is that normally a Squidward centered episode ends off with just him in complete misery or nothing works. Yes, out yeah, he just gets advantage. fucked over so. so as we get to the, the Super Bowl. Or not the Super Bowl, the Bubble Bowl. Well, I was just about to talk about <laughs> basically The Bubble Super Bowl is literally the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's basically, they the characters from Bikini Bottom go into a water a, a water dome, and they're, like, they go through a shaft elevator up to the mainland where there's a football arena, and it's basically fish playing for humans in an encased bubble glo- dome in the middle of the halftime show. So they play the song sweet victory and it is one of the most music uh awesome epic musical numbers in animation history like i'm not i'm not even messing around like uh be our guest in beauty and the beast eat your heart out no it's it's not that good it's not that good guys (laughs) but it's uh, good sweet victory is a very like kind of journey kind of like you know yeah kind of uh it's like ballad kind of song it's glam metal yeah yeah Yeah, it has like a very triumphant kind of yeah vibe to it now what's really interesting is uh in this same uh interview that i read when i was a kid with steven hillenberg they asked him like where did you get that song that kick-ass song sweet victory for the end of man geeks and then he says uh 
we actually we originally weren't going to use this song we were originally going to do like something like stars and stripes and someone uh, found the song it was a happy accident and it just worked so well that we had to include it and i'm so glad that they did because if they did something generic like stars and stripes it wouldn't the wouldn't episode have wouldn't have had an appeal but squidward gets to humiliate his high his stuck up high school rival and he gets to have the time of his life. The episode ends with a freeze frame of Squidward jumping into the air and the biggest smile on his face. That's like the happiest I've ever seen Squidward. Yeah, it's such a rewarding feeling. Yeah. And I, I remember the first time I watched that episode as a kid, and yeah. I just remember having a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. like I, I actually felt so good. Like it was, yeah. it was a very feel good episode. It was a very subversion of expectations because again, yeah. you expected the whole performance to go to shit. Yeah, but they end up knocking it out of the park, and you yeah. can see it in Squidward's face. Just that rare moment where he's like, everything worked out. Yeah. It's like, okay, you've earned that moment. Yeah, you've earned that moment. <laughs> of course, they had to kind of backtrack that uh, like a, a whole season later when Squilliam does come back and Squidward has to turn the crust you crab into a five-star restaurant which is still a funny episode it's a fun way. that's a funny yeah. episode but you do you learn something about squilliam yeah he's also a cashier uh, <laughs> really, really of course not i'm filthy stick and rich but anyways uh and what that's your favorite that band geeks is my favorite and something i'd like to point out that cody has brought up a couple times spongebob episodes occasionally have morals but on the opposite end, they have anti-morals. Like, sometimes the yeah. show does not give a fuck about morals. I almost look at it as the show, uh, because a lot of cartoon shows will have a message for kids, like, right yeah. right in front of your face. Like, it's right there. Yeah. And there's something kind of unique about Spongebob that feels like there is a message just buried under nonsense. That's, <laughs> there really that's, is. That's the show. That's really the show. That's why, yeah. like, it clicks with so many people, because... Or so many kids, even. Like, we saw that there's a message that they're trying to tell us very subtly. Yeah. But all they're trying to do is just to have us have a funny time with this yeah. random creative wackiness. Yeah, well, a another episode that has, like, a really powerful moral is... That actually applied to me was uh, The Secret Box. Uh, which mm -hmm. is also in the oh, same yeah. episode. It's the episode that comes before Band Geeks, I believe. Okay. So, uh, The Secret Box is where Patrick uh, has... Uh, a secret box and spongebob the whole episode is spongebob trying to see what's inside and he actually gets to a point where he goes too far and breaks into patrick's hat rock to see what's inside and then patrick flat out ends the friendship immediately and it's like nah you can look inside if you really want to and there's nothing in it or so you think so <laughs> the the episode ends on a what did we just learn but in the the whole in the center act of the episode it's don't touch your friends things without your permission and it's a very good no means no episode because patrick repeatedly says like no spongebob it's a secret for a reason stop yeah yeah but and there's a charm to spongebob that unfortunately gets lost later in the show but Okay, so oh, yeah, so what, Lyle, Lyle, what's your favorite episode? Yeah. Uh, oh, favorite. hi, Lyle, we forgot. <laughs> yeah, I've been quiet for a while. Yeah. We did this in the morning. This is Lyle, he's been quiet for a while. <laughs> uh, your favorite. I can see you, Devin Mead. Alright, so my favorite episode is, is a very early episode. It's uh, Naughty Nautical Neighbors. I think it's the best episode of, like, when, there's a lot of episodes where SpongeBob and Patrick drive Scoobert nuts, but this one's my favorite, and I'll tell you why later. So it's basically, um,. Squidward makes a souffle. <laughs> like just, Arthur's dad. Just like Arthur's goddamn dad. <laughs> His only goal is to make a souffle. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, he he's like all happy. He gets dressed up for the moment, and he's like ready to enjoy his souffle. And then he's just like, <laughs> and he sees like SpongeBob and Patrick are in the backyard, just like playing around with his with their bubbles. And se- it's kind of like when you have friends in in high school who sit next to each other, but they send each other Facebook messages. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, hi, Patrick. <laughs> And this was in 1999, so MSN would have been just being born. Well, yeah, but the that's the thing. AOL chat would have been very new. Yeah, and Squidward's annoyed, so he whips up some souffle uh, fluid and like makes his own bubbles, but they're nasty comments. And he makes the two got, two best friends think that they they hate each other, and then they get in a big spat. And it has one of my favorite exchanges. It's like, "Well, you're a turkey. What's that?" It's what you are! Yeah, well, you're a bigger one. Yeah, well, you're still yellow. And you know what else is yellow? What? You are! <laughs> and Squidward's dying laughing. And they, 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 like, Spongebob and Patrick just have a huge spat and a huge falling out. They don't want to see each other anymore. And yeah. S- Squidward's, like, reveling in the moment. And while he's eating his souffle, <laughs> he, he does something which you should never do. And that's laugh with a full mouth of food and a fork in your mouth. He swallows the fork and nearly and chokes on and it. Chokes on people, it. People type it on YouTube. Squidward choking on a fork for like ten hours. Oh god! I, I got I got about five hours in. You got five hours in? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with I'm you? I'm not kidding. It's one of the funniest things ever. Uh. No, I didn't get that long, but it's honestly one of the funniest images you'll ever see. It's a so, gif. It's a born gif. Yeah. But anyways, this sets the catalyst for the entire episode. Where Patrick saves Squidward's life, and is like, "Oh, gee, Patrick, you're a great friend." You forgot friend? the quote that Patrick uses to save Squidward. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> He's like, oh, Squidward, you're choking. Uh, I know what to do, but I should wash my hands first. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> it's kind of relevant for the day. Oh, yeah, you know, you for, for the times we, the times we live in now. Yeah, it's funny. The day but, and age. Yeah, but anyway, so like Patrick saves Squidward, and Squidward's like, "Oh, you're a real friend." Friend. And then, in order to make Spongebob jealous, Patrick hangs out with Squidward for the day. And then, that sets up Spongebob to be all alone, because he doesn't have any friends nearby. Mm. And so, like, after, like, Squidward kicks Patrick out for, like, sleeping during his, uh, clarinet practice, he cracks his back, he's like, Oh, my back! I can quote this whole episode. Yeah. Like, my, fa- my favorite quote from that is the exchange between uh, Squidward and uh, Patrick when he, yeah. Squidward was trying to show his clarinet. He's like, now I shall perform solitude in E minor. Yeah, E minor, <laughs> all right. Yeah, E minor. <laughs> <laughs> like, he clearly doesn't know what E minor yeah, he's looking right he's, at the he's, camera. He's excited about the, like the the most like not like exciting part of. The, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't no. know this song if you. Well, said it's a it sweet episode because they they do um, mend their friendship. They do. Yeah, yeah I mean, like after a lot of back and forth, where SpongeBob takes Squidward and Patrick takes Squidward, and to the point where Squidward's so he's just had it because he still <laughs> won't leave him alone, and he needs to get them back together and out of his hair. So he, he comes up with a fake date where it's like, come come have some soda with me, boy. and like Club fun, soda. Club soda. The worst soda. I fucking hate club soda. Anyway, so like... We call it pop here in <laughs> Canada. Well, but. yeah, but club soda is its own thing. It's basically sparkling water. Yeah. And it's gross. But anyways, like, 
he ropes SpongeBob and Patrick to sit in the same room, and they're arguing, and they're fighting over drinks. He's like, see Squidward? He's Squidward. And they're, like, fighting over, like, having the most soda until they're all fat and bubbly from Not all Not just of it. fat, like, morbidly obese. Like, they're just inflated fat. And then, like, Squidward's like, ah, I'm gonna get some more pop. And he just leaves them alone. <laughs> and then... Uh, they start laughing their asses off when they burp, and it creates so much so much uh, pressure in the house from all the yeah. bubbles that yeah. they destroy Squidward's house by accident. Yeah. Squidward's like, ah, what did you learn, Squidward? You left them alone, and this is what happened, or something like that. Yeah. And, and um, SpongeBob and Patrick are friends again, and Squidward's yeah. back to hating them because they keep destroying his life. Yeah. Uh, literally. <laughs> But, I, think, I think I think he's jealous. Let's how pathetic. Yeah. That's a good episode, and the reason why is that unlike most um, episodes where they just torment Squidward, yeah, it's because they're doing it out of spite of each other, and that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Because usually, yeah. usually it's just they're oblivious to what Squidward needs or wants, but in this one, it's like they're using Squidward to get back at the other one. Yeah. yeah. He's like the middleman. He's stuck in the middle of all this. <laughs> uh, and I've had friendships where I, like, have a spat with a friend, and I use another friend to kind of, like, get to get some insight on what my other friend's doing because I don't want to talk to them. And I've had a lot of friendships that go that way. Uh, and when it mends together, it's a really nice feeling because, yeah, like, oh, we don't have yeah. to be, like, batting heads all the time. And yeah. I, that happened to me a lot in my childhood, and I think that's why I like that episode so much. Yeah. Uh, I think, I didn't talk about, you guys talked about why you guys liked, uh, Ripped Pants and Nine Article Neighbors. I think I like Band Geeks just cause, like, it's an artist's journey in the most hilarious but heartfelt way possible. Like, yeah. he, he starts off bad, but then he creates something inadvertently so kick-ass that it's just rewarding to it, see. It's, and if you ever want the opposite of that episode in, like, the funniest way, you gotta watch that episode Culture Shock. That's the, oh yeah, that's the one with the talent show. Yeah, the talent oh, show one. Where God. Squidward is, he thinks it's all going to be like a one-man show of just him. He's preparing everyone, hyping up. It's going to be the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. And then he looks down on everybody like, like, you're secondary. Like, everyone, it's, he, I think he says a line like, you guys all think that you're here because this is your one time for the big shot. Well, it's yeah. not. It's mine. Wow. Like, he says that shit. And then SpongeBob's so eager and excited. He wants to be in the show. He wants to do, uh, uh, like, something, you know, something very talented. And Squidward's like, no, no. You you get to clean up after the show. And I love how, like, SpongeBob upstages Squidward by just mopping the floor. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, they they go through all these, uh, all these these people, and it's just so, like, there's no talent at all. Like, there's... We forgot to mention one character. What character did we forget to mention? Meow. Gary. Gary. SpongeBob. SpongeBob snail that acts like a cat. Yeah. Just that's all he is. Adorable. But but I was gonna say like Gary's in the talent show and all he's saying is meow 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 like poetry and then he cuts to Sandy. Oh, he has such a way with words. Have you seen the uh, the U- the YouTube parody of An Hour Poetry by Gary? And it's just a rap song, but the, there's a, there's a comedy. <laughs> Why rap do song? I say and the N word? Yeah, because our dicks are bigger. Oh yeah, <laughs> he has such a way with words. No, I've seen that but video. They yeah. go, but sorry, they go back through all those characters, and yeah. then Squidward ends up doing this like bizarre dance at the end. It's like he's Whoa. trying to be like artsy and out there, and he thinks he's so great because of it, but he's really not. The like, crowd, the crowd hates him. They start booing him. They boo him off stage. Then the show's over. He's like, "SpongeBob, clean up the show afterwards." He, SpongeBob just goes on and mops up, and then you just hear the crowd go, 
Oh yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. They start clapping. Yeah, <laughs> they think the most talented that the show got that bad. The that's a that's, that's an allegory. It's like you know, if you're gonna like rise to rise to success or have a journey, treat the janitor that you meet along the way with some goddamn respect. Well, treat yeah. the audience with respect. Don't insult their yeah. intelligence. You know, because well, Squidward like comes um, right out and talks down to them. I remember that. Yeah. Now, I know yeah. we'll kind of be jumping around a lot, but uh, let's. Uh, I want to talk about noteworthy episodes. Yeah, yeah, I want to get to noteworthy episodes as well. Like, uh, okay, probably my second favorite episode of uh, of SpongeBob is uh, Something Smells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I find that episode, like, disgusting. The first half of it, the second half is really funny. So basically it's about SpongeBob wakes up on a Sunday morning and the first thing he wants to do is make a Sunday. And uh-huh. he, has, he has no ice cream, so he decides to improvise by making a concoction of... Uh, oh, ketchup, onions, God. ketchup, onions, and peanut plants that were Jesus growing at the windowsill, and not even good peanut plants. It's like deformed and yeah, rotting, and yeah, it's gross. Yeah, so this, we, this is uh, this is by default the grossest episode we have so far. Uh, Thanks, Cody. <laughs> so there's a, and then he uh, he eats it all, and then he has really bad breath afterwards. And then anytime he meet, he sees somebody and they're smelling his breath, they're like so horrified and they run away. And he's wondering, what's going on? Why is everybody running away from me? Yeah. And then Patrick helps him out, trying to figure out what it is. And he's like, maybe it's because you're ugly, Spongebob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he starts taking it so at heart. And what's so funny about this episode is that it is just so wonderfully exaggerated. Like, yeah. Every, yeah. Every, single's, every, single's rea- every single fish's reaction to his breath is like comedy gold. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Rewatch it and watch everybody's reaction. Like yeah. the, the my eyes, my eyes guy. My the, leg. Oh, oh yeah, we should mention the Wilhelm scream of this show is Mr. I, I guess Mr. Lawrence must have recorded him just yelling mm-hmm. my leg. And then they have now used that throughout the whole show sometimes. Yeah. Like it's just this funny background. My leg. My leg. It's so funny. Yeah. Um but then it, it, the the episode goes so far on like him having like identity issues and he's self doubting himself when yeah. it's just he has bad breath like that's <laughs> it yeah. like I don't know there's something I I just love how far this sh- that, that I don't episode know why goes. but that episode reminds me of the suds episode where Patrick tries to like fix SpongeBob's sickness because he has suds that's a very creative episode and he get he, like, he fills him with water and just expands yeah. so big and Patrick's like oh no. I'm shrinking. Like that's a I think creative, that's my funny like, that's, line. That's the creative. That's, that's the creativity line. of SpongeBob at its brilliance. Like yeah. instead of SpongeBob getting sick or having the flu, he gets suds because he's yeah. a sponge. Because he's a sponge. That's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um. Another thing. Like I think I watched that episode one day on DVD when I was sick from school, and that episode made me feel worse. But, <laughs> <laughs> not a good time. So, so Evan, what's another episode? Yeah, you like? a couple of other noteworthy episodes uh, that I'd like to talk about are uh, episodes that are centered around uh, Sandy and SpongeBob. Uh, there's one episode I'll talk briefly on because there's it's a very basic moral: the squirrel jokes episode. Uh, the Krusty Krab talent show comes back because, you know, Squidward made it so popular. Yeah, yeah. It comes back and SpongeBob is the leading act this time with... So it's kind of an, a backwards sort of sequel to the Culture Shock episode where the Krusty Krab talent show comes back and then SpongeBob's a stand-up comedian and he has no jokes at all. And so when he sees Sandy, she's like the only friend cheering him on and smiling 
he decides to make really racist jokes about squirrels. <laughs> and is it, uh, is it racist or specious? It's specious. It causes Sandy to go out in public and be mocked and ridiculed at like the grocery store or whatever. So uh, Stanley very kindly talks to him saying, please no more of these jokes. And uh, SpongeBob promises and then he breaks it. And then the way Sandy gets back at him is, tr- is I'm not even going to spoil it for you. It's truly hilarious. Oh, but do I, mar- I, I, I will say spoiler warning because I have to talk about one part that still to this day makes oh, me yeah? howl with laughter. Yeah. Is, uh, so yeah, just a little spoiler of what she does to get back at him to prove his, like to prove her point is that she, uh, he, she, he, uh, SpongeBob goes to visit her. And uh, she just goes all out acting like a white trash dumb squirrel. Redneck. With, like, with, like, the redneck with the overalls and, like, changing her voice to, like, a stupid person. And the alfalfa haircut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she takes off his helmet to, like, uh, that's filled with water. So that he can breathe. Well, no, she takes it off to put her, like, flowers in. And he can't breathe. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're a sea creature. Now, what was that thing that sea critters need? Um, uh. And then... She she's saying like um a bunch of times and it it shows a close up of her Adam's apple that's just moving up and down. <laughs> oh god! And I don't know what it is. It still makes me laugh to this day. Like why is her Adam's apple moving so much and well, why women, do they have the need women to like don't have Adam's apples? So that's <laughs> yeah. even better. But but they show it in detail by punching into a close up of it just moving up and down yeah. and it's like just that bizarre like sp- like. There's very specific This show things. gives no fucks, remember that, it's when just, it comes to logic. It's yeah. just very specific things about this show that make me laugh. And, like, the yeah. fact that they have to punch in on, a, on her Adam's apple, just yeah. wiggling up and down, <laughs> is fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> uh, so the point, of, the moral of that episode is, please, if, so, if someone is offended by something, don't fucking keep doing it. Yeah. Like... There's some people I can think of in my life who really need to learn that lesson. Well, actually, I kind of look at it as, like, don't just specifically make fun of something just that. Because at the end, he makes he, he makes fun of sponges. He makes fun of crabs. Yeah, he like, makes fun he, of everybody. He does what every successful comedian learns to do. He branches out his material rather than just sti- sticking to one And he reins it in a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would be like if uh, Russell Peters or any other pl- comedian who like has Ricky been... Ricky Gervais. Or it'd be like if uh, Ricky Gervais just had one act where he just talks about the same thing over and over again, or Russell Peters just made jokes at the expense of uh, Indian people. Because Russell Peters' comedy shtick is way beyond like making jokes at the expense of his own race. He makes jokes at the expense of everyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a good lesson for any wannabe comedians out there, and anyone who just, you know, in this climate of, oh, we... If you think the world is in a state of, oh, we can't make jokes anymore... A, you're wrong, and B, watch this episode and to understand why you're wrong. So, well, What's the other Sandy episode? The other Sandy episode is actually an episode that has sparked a ton of fan theories. Uh, or there's one that the fans can agree on. The Karate Choppers episode is an episode where people would like to think the whole episode is about sex. And I have to be honest, once you apply the, the, the logic to how the episode works, not only does it make sense, but... It makes me want to go back and look at some of the Disney epics and think of, like, wow, there was sexual innuendo everywhere in Disney. Like, it's actually... 
it, the subliminal messaging is just off the charts. But we're not talking about Disney. Okay, That's what, for another what about, show. What about uh, Karate Choppers? Karate Choppers is an episode. The basically the met the the moral the plot of the episode is SpongeBob and Patrick do karate like recreationally as often as they can. They enjoy it so much, but Mr. Krabs orders them to stop, or SpongeBob gets fired because it's impeding his ability to be productive at his job. So, uh, the reason why it's metaphorical to sex is because, or at the very least casual sex, because Spongebob and Sandy aren't committed at all, and, um, (laughs) well, they're not, I mean, at the very most, like, this episode shows that they can have a friends with benefits thing going on. Do they ever date in the show? No, No, but like I, no, but like I said, the tea of the tree dome is, doesn't need to be about dating, but it... There is so much of the allegory. There are so many metaphors for a first date experience, like yeah, where okay. you want to impress the new well, girl. Let's go, let's go back to the karate. So, so karate choppers. Um, it starts with you know SpongeBob comes home and he said, "Why is Sandy waiting in his home? Like, why would she be there?" And they do karate, and then uh, she goes home, and then he calls her up on the phone late at night. To try and do karate through the phone, and then she hangs up saying, "Nice try, SpongeBob," which is a like a stab at booty calls and like late night text saying, "I can't sleep. What are you up to? Or what yeah. are you wearing? Or something." Mm-hmm. So uh, that fails, and then they're at the grocery store, and uh, Sandy is distracted by everything. She thinks everything around her has to do with karate, and at the same thing happens with SpongeBob. Like he's at work and. He thinks a customer is Sandy because he keeps seeing her that way, and uh, there's all it, there's just little things too, like SpongeBob, you know, says safety first, and he winks like literally at the camera. So oh, it's, wow. no, watch the episode again, like because <laughs> I, I rewatched it the night before this recording, so just to remind myself of where all the innuendos are. Uh, but I'm not quite sure what the moral of the episode is because in the end, Mr. Krabs tells them to stop; they can't stop. And then it turns out that oh, doing karate can actually make money. So is the is the moral like go into porn? <laughs> Mister Krabs becomes almost like a pimp. Oh god! <laughs> like I love karate. I love money. Hey, I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I want to just. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, Evan. Or uh, oh my god, I get you guys mixed up all Lyle. the freaking time when I my say name names. Is Lyle. Don't Lyle. <laughs> What's another noteworthy episode? Okay, okay. I mean, we probably should, like, move on after, like, this. If you want to, like, talk about maybe one more episode, but let's, let's sure, just yeah, keep yeah. the episode yeah, going. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, my favorite, another great episode is uh, Chocolate with Nuts. Oh, that's oh, a great yeah. one. That is such a classic yeah. episode of, like, Spongebob and Patrick doing stuff together. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's been a little while since I've seen the episode, but I know it's them trying to sell chocolate to, like, like door-to-door sales yeah. Which isn't really popular anymore, like, bothering people in the middle of the day trying to sell stuff. The you internet really, kind of killed that business. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't really do that anymore. But, like, uh, it's just funny how they fail every time to sell frickin' chocolate. Like, <laughs> like Patrick, The easiest thing in the world to sell. They can't sell it. Yeah, and, like, Patrick even goes so far, he's like, what do you want? I love you. Because <laughs> he does that because Spongebob says... You have to show the customer some love, and Patrick <clears throat> takes it literally. It's so yeah. funny. Shout out to my special, or, or shout out to my uh, my uh, my older sister. Her favorite fish in this show is that green fish. 
who later in Osmosis they call him Tom, so we're like, hey, okay, his name is Tom. So we remembered that, and we just howled with laughter when this green fish later on to be the infamous chocolate-loving maniac guy. Uh, in that chocolate! <laughs> he chases him after. He chases after them, and like, guys, just sell him the chocolate. He obviously wants it. And then that's that wraps up the end of the episode. Like, he actually just pays like. I don't know, like thousands of dollars for all of this chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And then, what do they do with the money? You think they invest or like do something, put it in a bank? No, they just go to a to a fancy restaurant with the, like the, t- the 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 old lady and her her daughter or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you two ladies known each other? What? What, what? did he say? What did he say? They're selling chocolates. Chocolates. <laughs> I remember when that was invented. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, no, the the show can be really, really raunchy and really, really edgy when it wants to. Oh, <laughs> I, I find the episode uh Sailor Mouthed an edgy episode. Uh, I love that episode. He said <laughs> like a dolphin sound. It, it's t- and apparently there was some controversy surrounding it about encouraging kids to swear. Oh my f- god! Which is kind of funny because it reminded me going back to our last episode or our last podcast about Rugrats is that there's an also a Rugrats episode where Angelica learns a swear word. As yeah, because well. she was on this like this show, uh, like a kids show, and she overheard like the girl that's the host of this kids show that like hates her job. She says. All these kids are a bunch of, and then like it would always cut away, or there'd be a sound. So Angelica starts to That's say clever. that word and horrifies all the adults. And the same thing happens in Sailor Mouth, yeah. where they learn all these bad words. Yeah, no, every <laughs> a lot of the big like kids shows of the late '90s, early 2000s had that episode where a character swears, and it's always controversial. Like Arthur did the same thing. Like it was a later episode that I only saw when I was an adult, but once you see it, it's like. Uh, why is this controversial? Like, cause a kid, cause a kid's, it's implied that a kid swears. You want to watch a show about a kid swearing? Watch South Park. <laughs> the Mothers Against Canada has been trying to take that down for years. Blame <laughs> Canada. Yeah. Can I can I go through a run through of my favorite quotes from the show? Sure, go ahead. Okay. An absolute run through through just all of them. Yeah, yeah go Cody ahead. Cody has a piece of paper on him. <laughs> I have notes. I need to. He, there are no prep for this. He was very prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the Bubble Buddy episode, SpongeBob makes a bubble that's a friend and puts him in the bathroom in the beach and then holds up the line for the bathroom for like two hours to the point where the one guy is like, that's it! Open up to the door, there's a bubble, and then SpongeBob's like, hey, you're done, Bubble Buddy, and they walk away. This one fish in this pretentious voice just goes, he kept us waiting for a bubble? <laughs> One of my favorite fucking lines. It still makes me laugh. A guy dies as a result of SpongeBob's like naivety. Scooter, the dude, the kind of surfer dude. Yeah, yeah. He made me experience high tide. Buries him in the sand and he dies. Oh lord. Uh, Oh, and following after that, they're all like complaining about what Bubble Buddy did to him. All these terrible things, and Squidward just yells out, "He made me provide excellent service." Uh, (laughs) One of the. Uh, we have to talk about to segue into this, like where the show is a meme gold mine. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, like yeah. Me- meme culture has taken this like show and turned it into its own thing. Yeah. Like, Even like, I know we were talking about before. I was trying to remember the term it was called, but like there's these things called gross ups. Yeah. In the show, yeah. where it's like this very detailed, disgusting-looking painting frame that 
is just it, it's burned into your memory after you yeah. watch, you see yeah. any of these. It's, just not Google, for, it's not there for long, but it yeah. it's, 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 it's sticks with you. It sticks with you for a long time. The, the most one of the most famous ones that did get turned into a meme was when uh, in the Home Sweet Pineapple episode where SpongeBob has to crash with Squidward. Like Squidward's like half asleep and he's like, "Good night, SpongeBob." Squidward's eyes snap open, and they're all, like, uh, bloodshot, because, like... Yeah. Good night, SpongeBob. And he kicks him out. Like, uh, I, I remember seeing that uh, Squidward's <laughs> yeah. eyes, like, just bloodshot and opening on the screen, because he realizes that SpongeBob is sleeping in his bed. I remember howling the first time I saw that when I was a kid. People, type Google image... Uh, Squidward's unsure face. Oh, from Just One Bite. Yes. Well, actually, Just One Bite, we talked about it before. I want to briefly mention that there's a deleted scene from Just One Bite, because the premise is uh, Squidward just hates Krabby Patties, and even though he hasn't tried one yet, and then SpongeBob keeps pressuring him to try one, he eventually gives in, and he just pretends that he hates it at first, but then he just loves it behind everyone's back, yeah. so he ends up just being addicted to it. So, in the middle of the night, he breaks into the Krusty Krab to get a bunch of Krabby Patties, Yeah, and... In a deleted scene that was had to have been cut from it because this episode premiered around September of two thousand one. It I looked it up. It actually aired in November uh, okay. of two thousand one. So okay. like nine eleven yeah. was still two months away, but it was fresh in the world's mind. So he's trying to break into the Krusty Krab, and he's like, "I wonder if there's a security system." So he looks up and he's like, "What? A bucket? A bucket of water just above the door? What kind of security system is that?" So he opens it, spills. Okay, yeah, that was that sure stopped me. And he goes, "Wait a minute." That's not, that's, that's what, that's gasoline. And then a, ma a match just comes out out of nowhere, drops it and blows them up. And they cut that because of the sensitivities about 9-11 around that. Explosion so, yeah. Because yeah. occasionally I would, like, I'll see that episode on YTV and it does have that deleted scene in there. But on all the, all the DVD years, and Nickelodeon, they don't have that in. Years later, like, they eventually brought it back. But for a while, though, you couldn't have. Yeah. Uh, tons of shows did this. Uh, movies did this. Uh, Music albums were, like, banned, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, another uh, one episode I actually... Oh, we completely f almost glossed over something. Noteworthy episodes involve a superhero duo or a past their yes. prime. Mermaid oh, yeah, Man and Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, played by the now deceased the late Ernest Borgnine and the late Tim Conway. Yeah. Do they, you know? Do you know what something I noticed about that episode? What after rewatching it, it is actually an episode that predicts how fandom ruins properties. Yes. <laughs> So like, they were ahead yeah. of their time before Rocco's Modern Life brought back that special on Netflix. Yeah. Or just anything in general, like dragging like a, a franchise or something that closed out of retirement and just bringing it back, and then they produce like a boring has-been episode <laughs> yeah. or special that just has nothing to do, and the fans just go, wow, that was even better than the old show. It's like they're oh in my denial God. almost. Because, yeah. yeah, like the Mermaid Well, not Man Star Wars fans. <laughs> Star Wars fans hate anything after... Uh, Return, of the, Return yeah. of the Jedi. Because Mermaid Man and Barco Boy are like a play on Batman and Robin. Yeah. They were like these underwater superheroes, and then, then they end up being like retired old men, and SpongeBob and Patrick pressures them to come back. Yeah. And they're like, that's one of my favorite parts where they're in the rocking chair. Up, up, up and away! <laughs> they just rock faster. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite part of the episode is when like SpongeBob's trying to like coax Mermaid Man, and he's like, "Stop shouting! I'm napping. 
It's not me, you old goose. Disgusting like close up. Another really gross <laughs> close up. In yeah. My favorite one is actually the third one with Man Ray. Oh, yeah. And do you know I, who's I that? The, say, is that the team up episode? No, no, the team up episode was the, the fifth one. The fourth one. I like I like I like the even numbered Mermaid Man and Barca Boy episodes than the odd ones. What is? Or, sorry, sorry, no, no. I like the opposite. I like the odd ones than the even ones. Yeah. What is this Star Trek? Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> Every other one's good. The other ones suck. Yeah. Man Ray is like probably one of my favorite minor characters as well. Just his voice. Do you know who voices Just, him? No. Uh, John Reese Davies, Gimli. Saul, oh Gimli God. from Lord of the Rings, no Sala from Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's John Reese Davies. Just that episode, just them just frustrating him, and then yeah. the tickle belt and everything. Oh, it's just yeah. fucking hilarious. And a, a meme was born out of that episode, too. The, it's not my wallet, where it's like, look, this is oh, your yeah. wallet, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And your name is Patrick Starr. Yep. And I found this on the ground, so it must be yours. It makes sense to me. And take it. It's not my wallet. <laughs> yeah, I his favorite my favorite line. He says like I op- I opened up a checking account and I have checks with little poodles on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great yeah, episode. That's great. Um, so let's. I think we should, should we bring this on home and talk about what what's next on the list to talk. Should about? we talk about the theatrical releases? Yes. Um. Of so Mr. Squarepants in two thousand and four. The, uh, oh, one quick thing I want to get to before that, but it's very quickly. The episode that, uh, talks about Mr. Krabs' greed, I think, is either A, One Crab's Trash, or B, Krabby Land. Krabby Land is a very, is a short episode where he builds, turns the Krusty Krab into an amusement park to capitalize on children's money, and the, the amusement park is so shoddy that he... That it just doesn't work, and then they try to blame him, but before they can blame him, he's, he's like running away with a bag of money, and he literally says, I don't care about the children, I just care about their parents' money! <laughs> and in the uh, One Crab's Trash episode, that's where SpongeBob has a the number one guy's hat, and uh, Mr. Cra- uh, SpongeBob decides that rather than sell it for millions of dollars, which is what it's worth, he returns it to the its rightful owner, the guy who was number one, and... Uh, Mr. And it's he. SpongeBob puts the hat back in its grave, and then Mr. Krabs says, literally, "Am I really going to defile this man's grave for money?" Of course I am. It's one of my favorite oh, lines. God. And even before that, too, when he's seeing Squidward come to a grave and he's crying, and you're like, "Oh, what's what's he?" Who, who, who oh, died? I love he that. He goes up to the grave and it says, "Here lies Squidward's hopes and dreams." What a, what a baby! <laughs> what a baby! I, I know we'll get into the movie, of course, but after we talk about the movie, can we just go back to just little fun facts that I noticed? Yeah, I, I noticed one that will probably blow your guy, yeah, like, blow sure. your mind, especially. We, we, we could we could save it. Too. Well, yeah, we're gonna yeah, talk sure. about. We gotta touch on the movie yeah, for sure. But, so. Movies in SpongeBob yes, in two thousand four in two thousand four the SpongeBob SquarePants movie directed by Steven Hillenburg uh, hit theaters and uh, I remember every th- it hit, it actually hit theaters the same month as The Incredibles mm. and that was and it was the second uh, nautical movie after <sighs> Shark Tale that's oh, all. I hate Shark Tale. God. 
We forgot to give Shark Tale a dishonorable mention in our bad movie episode, but when we do another bad movie episode, we'll talk about Shark Tale. Maybe we could talk about DreamWorks sometime. So, that's a whole different subject. Yeah, so, Spongebob... And if you guys ever call me up and say, hey, do you want to do a podcast on an Illumination? I will hang up immediately. Okay. (laughs) We will note that. I don't give two shits about Illumination. Okay, so, the point is, the Spongebob movie, the story... Basically, uh, Cody has talked about us last time on our 90s show about a philosophy. Um, If you're going to turn a TV show into a movie, the stakes of the movie have to be higher than every episode, than any episode previously done. Or it's not going to have the same appeal and people are going to be like, why did we pay to see this? Why can't you just watch this? I can't believe we're paying to see something that we can just watch at home for free. Yeah. If you ask me, everyone in this series is a big sucker. Especially you! We'll get to them later, folks. They're coming. They're coming. The other yellow yeah. uh, the characters. O- the other, yeah. <laughs> That's another so, episode. But anyways, so the movie, the plot of the movie is basically this. Uh, Mr. Krabs opens up a, crust, a second Krusty Krab restaurant right next door to the first Krusty Krab, because that's productive franchising right so uh plankton is so angry that he discovers that he and at this point in the show he's tried everything to get the Krabby patty formula to even to raising an army of his relatives to trying to steal spongebob's brain but this time plankton gets the biggest most evil plan to actually steal the Krabby patty formula and uh spongebob is expecting to be promoted as manager of the second crusty crab but uh, Mr. Krabs picks Squidward instead, and the reason for that is because he just thinks Squidward is more mature than SpongeBob is. He, yeah. he and he literally says like you're just a kid, and uh, the whole episode, the whole movie is designed to be from that point on. The whole movie is a coming of age tale for uh, not necessarily leaving childhood behind, but being mature when it's needed, but still being a kid at heart. That is the most brilliant way to end off SpongeBob. At least in my I think the show should have just stopped there and other kids could have gone back to it. Absolutely. But, so, the point is, uh, Plankton's evil plan is he steals uh, the crown of King Neptune, the ruler of the underwater world, which we've never... Actually, we saw him in one episode. But he was a different design. Completely different design and a completely different voice. In the movie, he's voiced by the great Jeffrey Tambor. And Jeffrey Tambor as uh, King Neptune is funny. He's he's obsessive. He's he's just a great character. And here's the, the debate: Is he thinning or is he bald? Thinning. <laughs> is he thinning or bald? That's the debate. Yeah. <laughs> bald, bald, bald. My eyes. <laughs> so then Plankton steals this crown, which covers his bald spot, and then he dumps the crown. On the other side of the ocean, in like the most dangerous, uncharted territory any man or fish can ever go to. And SpongeBob, when SpongeBob learns that Mr. Krabs has been accused of stealing this crown, he it's up to him to decide, am I going to go halfway across the ocean to get the crown back and risk my life to save my boss? And uh, the short answer is yes, and he has to tag Patrick along with him. And one of the funniest jokes in the movie for me, and they ruined it in the trailer because they show it in the trailer. It's like, uh, Mr. Neptune very sternly said, the, the stakes are this. SpongeBob has to go across the ocean to get Mr. Plank, uh, Miss King Neptune's crown back to save, or, or, and if he fails, Neptune kills Mr. Krabs. 
Like, literally kills him. And so, he says, Be back here with my crowd in exactly ten days. Patrick butts in out of buttfuck nowhere and says, He could do it in nine days! Eight uh, days! Seven days! Six days! Patrick! Five! Patrick, <laughs> shut up! And it's like, and then, six days it is then. So, pa- Spongebob has <laughs> six days to go across the ocean to get Mr. Krabs's, Mr. Uh, King Neptune's crown back. Yeah, you forgot to mention uh, Neptune's daughter Mindy helps yes! along the way. Yes, Neptune's daughter Mindy is played by Scarlett Johansson before she was Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, before she was huge. Yeah, yeah. this so was been co- around like Lost in Translation era. Yeah, yeah, 2003, four, yeah. yeah. 2004. Yeah, she, one she... thing I always saw about Mindy. Uh, have you guys ever seen Ghost World? No. Ghost World. No. Okay, okay, okay. It's uh, it's based on a graphic novel, and I swear to God, Mindy looks just like the main character from Ghost World, Enid Col- Coleslaw, because she has like the bowl like haircut and the thick rim glasses. There's like a Velma. Yeah, the, she looks like there. Velma. But yeah. yeah, she looks just like Enid Coleslaw from Ghost Ghost mm-hmm. World, and no one has ever brought that up before. And I thought that was like a connection because Scarlett Johansson's in Ghost World. Yeah, she doesn't play the character, but she's like her best. Friend. I think that's like an obscure reference that maybe the showrunners were going for. I, I maybe I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so the pl- so then they go on this episode, and while SpongeBob and Patrick being the only people who can stop Plankton, Plankton steals the Krabby Patty secret formula, and he actually sells the Krusty Krab goes out of business, and Plankton se- takes the the recipe and sells Krabby Patties at the Chum Bucket, and uh. You think that would be like all Plankton wants, but Plankton goes even further. Plankton ha- gives free uh, Chum Bucket bucket helmets with every purchase of a Krabby Patty, and because Krabby Patties are so popular at the Chum Bucket, uh, everyone in town has one, and they all have mind control devices. So, uh, before long. Plankton enslaves the entire town to basically build statues of himself, and it looks like a post-apocalyptic world. And Neptune doesn't do fuck all about this because he's too distracted by his ball spot. They literally explain that's why he can't do anything. So, uh, so basically, SpongeBob has to save the whole the whole town, and uh, it's a very heartfelt, uh, more heartfelt than you would expect because there's a scene where. SpongeBob and Patrick are literally like on their deathbeds, like saying their last words, and it's it gets really heartfelt. And then, of course, they save the day in the most uh, bonkers, nautical nonsense way possible. David Hasselhoff from Baywatch completely bails them out. <laughs> and we should also mention that uh, that that well, not only is that hilarious, like yeah. the live action stuff, but even in the show, there's a lot of live action gags in the show that yeah. are just are so thrown in there to throw off your expectations. Yeah. And it's so cheap-looking, too, which makes it yeah. funnier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they the, they had, like, a million dollar, a couple million dollars budget for this movie, so... Uh, they The production value is, is still really good, but when it's cheesy, it's really cheesy. Yeah. Like, especially... Because there's a... Like, David Hasselhoff literally turns into a motorboat and then a launch pad if you ever have it's the so funny and you watch the making of how they did that how they made him look like a motorboat just not moving it's so good they just have him on a gurney just dragging him in the water and it's hilarious they actually looking. did a mock-up dummy of him that's like 20 feet long yeah and they yeah. put it in real oc water and yeah. they filmed they, they they did that like space jam style where they filmed a, a practical set and they drew the characters on later. oh no way yeah it's oh, really cool 
um, or a who F- Space Jam, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that style of animation. Okay. So, um, and uh, they take the Twisted Sister song and give it the most awesome spin-off ever. Um, oh, yeah. Goofy, goofy Goober. Rock! So, you think that that would be where the show ends? And wish. No. Which, by the way, I have to say, I, I, just, I said it to Lyle right before we started recording, yeah. that when I saw that movie in the theaters for my sister's birthday, oh yeah, uh, after that scene ends, after like uh, Planting gets trampled on by a bunch of fish going inside yeah. of the Krusty Krab, and the song just ends and it fades to black, my sister must have thought that was the end of the movie, because she shouted out loud, no, I want more movie. <laughs> it, it was so adorable, and it was so like, oh god. And I then it comes on that. later where it's like, and Plank's like, come on, I was just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will destroy all of you. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah. 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 So, what's, so then, you think that would be the end, but no. Uh, not only were there two more movies, and one of, okay, so there was. One's on the way. Uh, one just got, re- no, it actually just got released. It, oh, last a couple weekend. weeks, oh, a couple weeks ago, because oh, okay. uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, in Canada, because we're Canadian, we are the first country, uh, thanks to COVID-19, we are the first country outside of the United States to release commercially Spongebob Squarepants, Spon- the Spongebob movie Sponge on the Run. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's the third movie, and they've t- completely changed the animation style from 2D hand-drawn to uh, stop-motion pla- claymation. It's not really claymation, it's just like, it's, it's, it's computer animation. It is. It's the same as like the Peanuts movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I liked about all three films. That yeah. They, like, I haven't seen the newest one yet, but like, I like how there's a different style of yeah. animation in all three. Well, if you're going to go to the theater, just remember your mask and social distance. I will probably wait till that comes out okay. on <laughs> streaming, actually. Oh, that, we were hoping to yeah. see it this week. I'm yeah. only seeing Tenant and Dune in theaters, but that's well, off the... That's, fair that's, enough. That's, 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 just, that's just off the... So, uh, that. save that for the COVID episode. <laughs> so, oh. basically, um, uh, the pl- I don't know, the, the plot of this movie feels recycled from an episode that they did about Gary Goes Missing well, or well, something. Hang on, we're talking about the third movie. The, the, we the, second, movie, the second movie, yeah. Movie. The second movie is... I saw it. I, I, I didn't, didn't see it. this. I, I Am I the only one out of you two who has not seen the second I, one? I saw it. Okay, then roommate. you two can talk I about it. I saw my annoying roommate. Oh. I, I, I didn't mind it. It was, uh, it kind of, prov- I mean, of course it provided me with some sort of nostalgia, but, yeah. but uh, I... I, like it's not as iconic and as like fitting to include it in with the original three seasons and the original mm-hmm. movie. It's very wonky, I find. It, it's wonky, but it, the fact that like Hillenberg and his crew kind of came back to put their own kind of touch into it, it kind of was more like catering us as like old school fans of the show more than it, it is, is to yeah. like introduce it or keep it going for newer generations yeah. there's some weird ideas like there's a scene where they be an intergalactic dolphin yeah yeah they travel through like that's the stuff i like warps. that kind of reminded me of like old school they go what's the, the plot surf- of the movie they go to the surface and fight a pirate played by antonio Vanderas. yeah i can't really i'm really faulty I on the plot, the plot but, honestly like so, what's antonio f- Vanderas steals something and they have to get it back but what's funny is I have oh, to, so recycled from the, to, the first movie. I have to make a shout out to Red Letter Media, but one quick thing. So they did a video once, and I forget what movie they were talking about, but they were trying to see like, wait a minute, is this a is this a sequel or is it a reboot? Or they say that a lot. Should it just be called a C boot? <laughs> and what's I- ironic because it's it's a C boot is that I th- I look at SpongeBob Sponge Out of Water 
as a C-boot. Because it is a sequel, but there's a vibe to it where it feels like it's rebooting because it reintroduces everybody at the beginning as if you don't know who the hell Spongebob is or has yeah. any idea. Like, it kind of restarts yeah. everything. So, in a way, it is a C-boot. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it is similar to the first one. The only difference is that Spongebob and Plankton team up. So, it's more their story rather than Spongebob. Oh, and yeah. And it feels... I, I've seen the trailers, so, like, they go on the mainland, and they're CG characters, and they yeah. turn into superheroes yeah. when they're on yeah, land. Yeah, I didn't like that too much. I think that was basically uh, the stu Paramount, because Paramount is the studio that distributes the SpongeBob property, but I think, because Paramount owns Nickelodeon. Yeah. So, I think that was Paramount's way of piggybacking on the... Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bless you. <laughs> the, Bless you. The we're, continuous... We're dying. The continuous... <laughs> the continuous superhero craze that has still not ended. And he's still driving the industry. But with the first movie, like, to go back to that, like, I just love how it's such a perfect narrative, too. Yeah. Like, it, it's that great kind of hero's journey kind of stuff that I like just in movies in general, where yeah. one character has, like, a goal, he doesn't end up getting the goal, and then he's pushed into an adventure that is out of his reach, and he kind of comes back learning a lesson, but yeah. there's parts in it that kind of is, is like a, a funny subversion of those uh uh those archetypes yeah but the part that i freaking love because it's so funny is that he gets rejected from being the manager for crusty crab 2 yeah and on a kind of binge night of drinking Instead, of, instead, of, instead, of, it's ice cream. It's ice cream. Goofy, yeah. goofy, goofy, very uh, sunrise. Yeah. He ends up just eating so much ice cream that he ends up having like yeah. a night of drinking. Wakes up hungover and all dizzy, and he's all like, just. He looks sickly. He looks disgusting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, the idea. that's probably one of my favorite parts in the movie. Yeah, yeah that part was funny. Yeah, that was great. Uh, uh, should we uh, get into the decline of the show? Yes, I want to I mean, briefly, briefly touch there's, on that. There's, yeah, there's not really much to say about it other than like the original creators left after the movie came out, and this was after season three. So that season four season, onward. Season four onward, and I know that they came back for a few episodes, which I guess I'll give a shot someday. I haven't yeah. really given it, but... It sucks, because we, we have Canadian Netflix, and they do have Spongebob, but it's only the fourth season. Yeah. You fucking bastards. Like, damn it. Just like the think, first three. And I think you said it last time, Evan, where it feels like the people that took over after Hillenberg and all of them left uh, said, oh, people like this show when it's zany. Okay, just keep it zany. Keep it cranked up to and 11. And not only that. As, as long yeah. as possible. And they don't realize that that can become just as boring if it's just it gets, tuned down to one. Yeah. I feel like it gets very mean-spirited, too. It's incredibly mean-spirited. Yeah. And there's there's three episodes I want to briefly talk about that, or two, really, that yeah, demonstrate this point. Yeah. Um, there is an ep... Like, I, like Cody was saying, uh, it felt like the new writers said, people like the show when it's... Uh, edgy, and they like it when it's zany, so let's crank up the zaniness and the edginess to 11, and we're going to just... And we're going to run it into the ground. Yeah. That, that's how it was. Uh, episodes... I have seen so few episodes from post-movie Spongebob where... That I can't just talk much about it, but I know where, like, the direction they went. And so, one episode I want to talk about, or two episodes I want to talk about are... Uh, skill crane. The plot of the episode is Mr. Krabs installs a crane machine in the Krusty Krab so that uh, to make more money. 
because he gets all the the quarter revenue from the machine. Mm-hmm. Squid SpongeBob gets uh, is very good at the the crane machine that he can uh, win stuff easily. Squidward is not uh, skilled at the skill crane, so uh, Squidward is so desperate to be good at to win one time at this uh, uh, at this crane machine game, and you'd think that the episode would end on a moral where. Well, first of all, the the episode gets really like depressing, like because Squidward is suffering like really badly. Like there is an episode where there's a part of the, of the episode where he goes home and he can't even pick up his television remote, so he decides to use his eyeball to turn on the TV. And he when that doesn't work, it's not funny at all. He screams in the most shrill pain-driven, like, scream. It's not funny at all, and Mm. I just feel genuinely bad for Squidward. And then it gets to the point where Squidward, like, bankrupts himself. He puts the deed to his house in the machine to win at this thing. And you'd think that they were onto something, like, because SpongeBob says, okay, Squidward, you have a problem. I'm gonna help you. Uh, SpongeBob says, here's how you'd be good at the machine. Uh, Here's how you'd be good at the game. He teaches Squidward how to win. Squidward wins, and Squidward is the most pompous piece of shit about winning one time. When at this point, SpongeBob has won fifty times. Yeah. So Squidward wins once after making himself insane and depressed, and then he's a big piece of shit about it. So you think that there would they were they had a moral and then they lost it. Well, and, then, yeah, have you ever heard of the creepy pasta Squidward suicide? Oh yeah, is that I the one that. where he, he's like, I can't seem to get happy, and he no, hangs on news. No, that's like from an, abs- it's that's like from an, an actual episode. This is like a fan. It's an story. urban legend oh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's just some like someone made a story about an episode, like an unaired SpongeBob yeah. episode. And yeah, you can find it on YouTube. It's just there's a lot of episodes where Squidward's just at the end of his rope. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my least favorite episode of the Golden Age of Spongebob that kind of ties into just the mean-spirited type of stuff that I guess later on came way more prevalent is the episode Dumped. Where, uh, I don't like that episode either. It's, it's sad. It's sad and it's kind of out of character as well. Like, yeah. Because basically what happens is uh, Spongebob, uh, or Gary, sorry, Gary the Snail ends up like just uh, clinging more onto Patrick now yeah. all of a sudden. And not wanting to go back to Spongebob. And instead of, like, Patrick trying to, like, encourage, like, Gary to go back to your previous owner, uh, Patrick just shrugs and goes, well, sorry, Spongebob, tough out of of luck. Gary likes me now. Well, the reason why is because... Like, what the hell? Because Spongebob, he starts hanging around Patrick... Uh, but Spatrick actually says, put the snail down and let him choose. Now, a lot of kids' entertainment has done that with a pet. Like, yeah. like have you seen Air Bud? Uh, I must have, but years ago. Okay. I can't even remember. Uh, absolutely... I'll refresh yes. your memory. The, yeah. the premise is... Like a golden retriever. He's a golden retriever yeah. who can play sports. Yeah. In the first movie, he winds up with this kid after being uh, lost by this really uh, evil Krusty the Clown type of entertainer. The movie ends with a trial happening after the big game where the evil clown tries to take Buddy the dog back. And the conflict resolution is put the dog down, let the dog choose who he wants to be with. And that's literally how Spongebob plays. uh, But Gary chooses Patrick, you're right, in that episode. And the reason he did it is quite adorable. 
Because he had a cookie in his pocket. And then, so adorable. And, and then he walks away with SpongeBob, and Patrick's just like, Gary, I thought what we had was special! That was another relationship <laughs> metaphor episode. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So, here's one thing I have to say, Lyle. Like, it will blow your mind about this one episode. Okay. Uh, Hookie? Hookie? Yeah, I remember that episode. Hookies. So, it's kind of like a peer pressure kind of th- thematic episode where SpongeBob uh, and Patrick are trying to play on hooks, but it's so dangerous. Mr. Yeah, fishing saying, hooks. Don't do it. Yeah, fishing hooks. It's kind of a yeah theme about drugs and peer pressure yeah, and all that. Playing games like chicken and stuff. Yeah. And uh, their first launch off on the. Uh, the the hook and it cuts to like live action fishermen like just like trying to get them and like two guys are trying to get the rod like it's yeah. they're struggling so i did some research that was mind-blowing about this footage so that footage of those fishermen in that episode is from a show from 1991 that only lasted one season called fishing with john oh, oh actually yeah that show was on criterion is it wow. yeah fishing yeah. with jo- john leary i think that was his name uh, no it wasn't john leary it was something else lurie lurie something lurie like that, that yeah. was his yeah. name yeah john lurie and that and he just it's a fishing show where he just it's kind of boring i was kind of skimming through the episode it's a bit oh, yeah. mundane and just kind of like them guys going on fish. well it's very dry yeah, yeah. Like, he had William Defoe on it. William Defoe, like, Dennis Hopper. And the That's fisher- a great cast. And the fisherman in that episode that they showed in uh, Spongebob was, was John Lurie and Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, they're, yeah. Cause the like, filmmaker Jim Jarmusch, the guy that he, made he, Patterson and uh, Dead Man. Well, John Lurie. In Spongebob. And John Lurie acts a lot in Jim Jarmusch's work, like, uh, Down by Law. Okay. Um... Stranger Than Paradise, like, he, he worked a lot with Jim Jarmusch, so yeah, they're like friends. But I didn't know that it was from a source, I thought it was like, <laughs> they, they just shot it quickly, because remember the Frankendoodle episode, the yeah. Fisherman at Sea, like, that's Mr. Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Crying that he's like, oh, I lost my pencil, he gets oh, it back at the end, and then he tries to finish his drawing and his pencil breaks. Mm-hmm. Remember to oh, bring yeah. a pencil sharpener. Just no, that's right. uh, the Frank, that's a... the Frankendoodle episode. We're yeah, talking about, is. we're talking about a completely different episode, but. That is one of the, I remember, as a kid, I remember as a kid, I was laughing, like, I had to keep rewinding it, because, like, one of the first things I rented from Spongebob was the, the Halloween uh, VHS that had a few episodes on there that were creepy, yeah. and Frankendoodle, the scene where Frankendoodle is, like, chasing him with the pencil and erases the door, and he also erases, like, Spongebob's pants and shows his butt, uh, and then he erases his butt... I just kept rewinding that over and over again because I just could not stop laughing at it. Yeah. Patrick has some really funny lines. Like, he gets wonked on the head, and it's like, Where's the leak, ma'am? <laughs> Finland! Maybe uh, Frankendoodle's in that poorly drawn pineapple. Uh. <laughs> my favorite my favorite uh, Patrick line is, uh, is it from the movie? I, try to, uh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Uh, I'm upset. Why? I can't see my forehead. That's not from the movie. That's not from the movie? What episode's from that, bro? I don't know. Is that the... Okay, that might be from one of the newer episodes where... Because there is an episode where Patrick's forehead literally gets wonked off and replaced with another cranium and he becomes really smart. It's the classic, the dumb character is dumb for a reason and here's the reason. Once you take that reason away, he'll be smarter. It's like with Homer Simpson had the crayon in his brain. Once you remove the crayon, he's smarter. But then... uh, so, uh, uh, I want to, the last episode I want should, to talk, uh, okay, fine, one more episode. The, <laughs> no, uh, we've been talking about episodes for like 30 but minutes. We've been, but we were wanting, I wanted to kind of, what is another stre- stress why, uh, the show tanked. We watched this, like, right before recording this, uh, the polar opposite of Naughty Nautical Neighbors is an episode uh, called Good Neighbor. Oh, yeah, you were talking it's, about this. 
Because Lyle, I, I, I've, you've watched, and I've watched Nine Article Neighbors many times. You are howling the whole way through. Mm-hmm. This episode only made you laugh once. It, it pissed me off, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the whole idea is just, like, Spongebob and Patrick, they never leave Squidward alone. And they ruin his house. Even if it's by accident, they take no responsibility for it, and Squidward suffers the entire way through. And the difference between that episode and Spun- and Naughty Nautical Neighbors is, like what I said, they're not doing it to hurt Squidward, they're doing it to spite each other. But in this this Good Neighbors episode, they act so oblivious to, like, Squidward's needs or what he's, like, how he's always expressing, leave me alone, and they don't leave him alone. And it's just, like, it makes me feel really annoyed at Spongebob and Patrick. Yeah. And I hate I hate it when they do episodes like that. That's another thing that got into the decline. There was more and more episodes where Spongebob and Patrick were an outright dicks to Squidward. And not only that, like... I was watch. I'd like to give a shout out to a YouTuber called the Mysterious Mister Enter. Go oh, check yeah. out his channel. Um, he made a video about like the top ten episodes that turned Patrick into an asshole. Apparently, <laughs> no, because apparently Patrick goes from this. Patrick apparently in the show's decline has gone from a really charming, like lovable best friend to a douchebag who like is almost a bully is, to SpongeBob. Is Big Pink Loser in that list? It's actually no, all the the entire okay. list consists of episodes post movie. Cuz you remember that episode of Big Pink Loser, right? Where Patrick pretend, uh, just copies SpongeBob? Yeah, but he's And then SpongeBob to be fair, turns it around and pretends to be Patrick. That, that was one? a bit of a heartfelt episode. Well, that episode is a ripoff of a re- episode of Recess. Going back to our previous podcast. Oh right? yeah. The same thing happens where Mikey pretends to be Vince. And then Vince turns it around and pretends to be Mikey. Oh. Did you ever notice that? <laughs> right. That episode. But, so, so isn't it interesting how, like, Spongebob stole episodes from other shows or jokes from other shows? I mean, and that I mean, happened a lot, every, Everything's yeah. been yeah. written, you know? Like, yeah. the, there's been episodes where I noticed that, it, like, Recess is kind of, like, similar to this episode of Hey Arnold and Hey Arnold about, you know, uh, and Ar- Rats. Arthur and is... Arthur, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 kind all, of, it yeah. all matters that you just take a different yeah. spin on it. So what did you want to talk about next? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just funny how, like, Patrick takes the same... He becomes, like, less and less likable, almost like Homer Simpson, like... Yeah. With jerk ass Homer, Homer's been appearing appearing a lot in this episode. Maybe we should talk about The Simpsons someday. I mean, yeah, so. we will. But we'll let's, get uh, let's we will, just... I won't go into depth about it, but I will make a special shout out to an episode that we'd be idiots to leave it out. The Krusty Krab training video. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all we'll say. Everyone, just watch that episode. That is one of the. That I think that episode won an Emmy. Oh wow! I think it was nominated yeah. or it won. I that's the episode was. that is. That is so like different from the show that it actually works. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's why so, it won an award. Let's uh, let's wrap this up here. Yeah. Uh, let's all give like an expl- a reason as to why each of us loves SpongeBob. Sure, Evan, you go first. Okay, Thanks. thank you. I love SpongeBob because um, it to me represents childhood innocence, or at least the first three seasons represent. Maintaining childhood innocence while also uh, having fun, but learning a few things. But also, you just gotta laugh and just not give a shit at sometimes. Um, I love it because the characters are brilliant. Like Squidward uh, is probably Patrick and Patrick and Squidward are probably my favorite characters. Um, yeah, me too. They're so um, they're so likable, yet they both have their differences, but. Uh, and I love how the show takes stabs at real life. Like, 
there every single character even though it's a cartoon they're all relatable in some way like, yeah. we all have that friend i don't, i can't say about the crazy me- megalomaniacal business rival uh who's trying to enslave the whole town <laughs> or, may, maybe, or maybe maybe when you start your own business you might encounter that maybe yeah and then you'd be looking at it with a new perspective oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe or, I mean, if you talk, if you want to take a look at, like, how capitalism, like, can doom society, that's what the movie's all about. So, yeah. there are brilliant nuances, like, just implanted throughout the whole show and throughout the characters. And the first three seasons of SpongeBob are animation gold. Uh, they have cha- They have had such an impact on our culture, the way we think about ourselves. And uh, it's just brilliant. Uh, check it out. Alright, um, I can go next. Yeah, that basically took the words out of my mouth. But one thing, I, I, I'll, I'll give a special shout-out. I love the music library of Spongebob. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So many songs stick in my head. Like, uh, my, I think my favorite one is the Chase song. Like, the ukulele? So just like Arthur, this show yeah, has, it, a, it has a pretty good music library. And it's a looped soundtrack. And, it, and it's so, like, calming and, like, tropical. And, like, you're on a beach relaxing yeah. on vacation yeah. kind of stuff. It's, it's very nicely, like, tied into the culture with, like, sea life and all that. Yeah, it's good that you... I wanted to mention that, too. But yeah, no, it, it has, like, the same level. Like, the music library is, like, up there with, like, Ren and Stimpy. on like, just... It, it makes me, like, always think of the show... It gets stuck in my head sometimes. Remember the Pickles episode where it was all backwards because he's all messed up? Oh, yeah. Yes. I played him track backwards. I, I, I haven't checked that out yet, but I will look into I it. I laughed so hard when I noticed and that it was backwards. You, <laughs> one time, you called Bubble Bass the Thanos of Spongebob. Yeah, because he comes in and wrecks everybody's shit. It's like, the best there is? I don't think so. You lose. <laughs> Not, not interrupt your like speech about yeah. why you love it though, but I remember one time as a kid because I used to like draw a lot. I used to draw like yeah. every cartoon character that I've ever watched. Oh, cool! And I went through a SpongeBob phase where I was drawing everybody. And that part in Pickles where he went, SpongeBob, I thought I ran you out of town. When he's standing at the doorway of the Krusty Krab, I paused it at that moment, and I was yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna draw it out, right? Yeah. And I'm a, I I should have kept it to this day. I will still remember this. I drew it. Exactly. Oh wow! Like oh, nice. it. And I'm not kidding. It was exactly. It's almost like I put the paper on the screen like and just traced, traced it. Yeah. I did not trace it, and I was so <clears throat> proud of it, and I should have kept it. But it was that particular moment. So yeah. uh, I became an artist. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like, of bubble bath. Like Squidward. Yeah. And my last favorite music track is the one whenever yeah. like the characters are kind of being mocked at. If I had a dollar for every brain you don't have, I'd have one dollar. <laughs> like, any time characters are getting, like, mocked or made fun yeah. of, they I always the, play that song. the Jaws music is always funny. Anytime there's something intense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or anytime Patrick's doing something dumb, it's like... That musical track became a meme because now people play that track over various serious situations. Like, I saw this one video where it's like, I put Spongebob music over North Korea and it's basically a North Korean military parade 
with God. that music playing. <laughs> my friends and I, uh, my my buddy Pat, uh, we were debating. Oh, you have Pat a, to a, do. a friend named Patrick. Yes, too. that's yes. hilarious. Well, then. my buddy Pat, uh, he, and he loves SpongeBob as well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, my circle of friends like Kathy and Pat, we all just adore. Oh, yeah. uh, SpongeBob, we quote it yeah. like pretty much every time we all hang out. Yeah. Uh, we were debating whether or not to uh, make a. Uh, a series of shorts that were it was dramatic movies set to the music of Spongebob oh, <laughs> oh my god that sounds fun. like yeah. sad violin to like you know some like drama movie or something like well that. I, I've been seeing these YouTube videos lately I think it was like last year where people will take whole episodes of Spongebob and recreate it in live action like you just get some buddies and a camera oh, I saw that they did a pizza delivery yeah the pizza delivery episode that was great yeah. Which is also a perfect ep- episode, by the that, way. Oh, yeah, that's another one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, if I could recreate any episode, I would love to do Nautical Neighbors with you guys. That would oh, be funny. Well, yeah, I'm down. Sign me up, yeah. I'm okay. down. But, oh, my, okay. but my friends and I wanted to think of either doing that, like setting Spongebob music to dramatic movies, or doing a movie trailer for the hash swinging slasher. Oh, yeah. Uh, showing his origins of him being a clumsy, uh, you know, fry, fry cook. cook. Accidentally <laughs> cuts off his hand, and then he gets hit by a bus, it goes to black, and then people start realizing, wait, why are the lights flickering? What, no, Sparatu! <laughs> they pick up the phone, hello, and it was there, and then they just see a guy across the street. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you want to make that an actual horror movie? We wanted to make it an actual horror movie, like, trailer yeah, called, called The Call called Blumhouse, they'll get it done. <laughs> they'll pro- no, and they'll probably uh, show it in, like, uh, if there's ever a Spongebob episode where he's at the movies and it's a coming attractions, okay. they'll probably show it. So, so Cody, let's oh, let's yeah, yeah. end this on a high note. How, what, how, why do you love Spongebob? So goddamn much. Because it's funny. <laughs> Bye. Because <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Guys. Bye, guys. I thought the it was end. funny. I laughed. Goodbye. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> um, SpongeBob is. It's kind of funny because anytime pe- some like people that are close to me they think of SpongeBob they immediately go to me. That's like uh-huh. that's how much I've like kind of referenced. You're, you're quite a Nickelodeon or, head because yeah. you love Hey Arnold and like SpongeBob yeah. like, a lot. Yeah. But when I when I discovered SpongeBob and I really got into it like when I was nine or ten mm. like I well I remember just wa- watching all these episodes on TV and I actually had to write them down in my little notebook that I kept all my drawings or oh, like sick. movie ideas or whatever I just had to write down lists of episodes because this is before like I had the internet in my house so I had to like be like yeah. okay I saw that one I saw that one I saw that one okay I can skip that one I already saw it or whatever but then yeah. but then it, it, I think it's also like like it kind of at the time I met uh like, my mom met my now, who I call my, my dad, he's technically my stepdad, and his okay. two daughters, uh, who are now my two sisters. Like, at the beginning, we weren't all kind of not getting along as much, but then Spongebob, when we noticed that we all had, like, similar tastes and humor, and we'd sit down and we'd all watch it together, it kind of, like, made my siblings and I bond a little Aww. bit more. Because okay. we just, like, laugh and quote it all the time. And, like, and when I, once I started noticing, like, like I mentioned before, like, it feels like there's a moral or a lesson just buried underneath all this nonsense and creativity. Yeah. And, the, and the fact that it's, like, tied between, like, tied to, like, my kind of life of, like, you know, the sea world. And, like, it, I don't know. And it, it kind of sh- shaped a, lo- a lot of my sense of humor growing up. And it is technically the last cartoon that I ever was into growing yeah, up because yeah. I kind of stopped after that. I was started watching just other stuff or yeah. getting introduced to like, and we'll talk about it later with like the Simpsons <laughs> or just yeah. more adult stuff. You know, yeah, like, we we graduate out of like yeah. shows like this eventually. Yeah. That was like the segue out, and but I I can honestly now look back with like, 
like a different perspective and now getting like the adult jokes now and just appreciating the creativity and the zaniness yeah. of the show it, it looking back in retrospect it absolutely is my favorite kids cartoon of all time yeah like it, it is up there not even up there it's in almost another league like i loved hey arnold and you know recess and rugrats and like you know all those ones but spongebob is in a complete different league when it yeah. comes to just absolute comedy and zaniness because yeah, of yes. its, its sound effects and its jokes yeah is just all tied with like just things that would just make me laugh on a regularly daily basis yeah. and thank you so much guys for yeah, having me today this was a joy talking about this show because yeah. like honestly even watching it yesterday kind of skimming through all those those episodes those first three seasons was also just kind of a nostalgic that's bliss great yeah, oh, yeah. Up, but yeah. kind of letting it all out was like huh, okay yeah now i want to like save this show for like years to come and let yeah. it become actually nostalgic where mm -hmm. i kind of forget about a lot of things because yeah. that, that's the good feeling about like going back to stuff that you're like oh my god i completely forgot about that because spongebob is so like i watch it every so often because it still makes me laugh yeah like this show makes me laugh hysterically at oh, yeah. points so <laughs> it's yeah. like does this show still hold up absolutely <laughs> it does oh, yes <laughs> and when we say the show we exclusively mean the, the third season i wonder how the kids yeah. who are watching this episode are gonna feel no if they let's say you were born in 2010 and you're 10 right now and you grew up with like newer episodes that came out in, like 2015 they'd have a different perspective they really right. would yeah. i guess but so yeah please kids check out the first three seasons they are amazing they're not on netflix but Try to get a hold of him on DVD. Or pirate. I don't know. Or pirate. <laughs> you. Alright, <laughs> everyone. Well, thanks right. so much, Cody, for coming out. Thank you, guys. I'd love to come back again next time to talk about some other yellow people. <laughs> Alright, well, thanks, for, thanks everyone. I yeah, hope thank you guys you. have a good day. You too.